With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Dead in Sports. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Dead in Sports. I'm your host, Kenneth B. Ange. Joining me on the show... We got FIFO 24-7, Nikki Ducey. What it do? Oh, you ain't going to do your, your, your thing? No, nah, I got... I, oh, okay. I, I, Too I got, many AKs on yeah, I got. I got, I got to spread them out. It's a long season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Asterisk Man himself, Shelton J. What's happening? What's happening? BZ430. What up, though? And the man from any given Sunday, we got Manny Brown. What's good, bro? What's good, fellas? What's good, everybody? What up, what up, Manny? What's up, what's up? Hey, Ken, where can they find any given Sunday podcast? Hey, man, it's on the Dead End Podcast Network, man. Y'all check it out. He be having great guests on there and stuff like that. But, Manny, I'm going to go ahead and let you – I'm going to hand it off to you so you can tell people where to find you, where to follow you, et cetera, et cetera. We do all that up front. Yeah, man. Appreciate the the invite as always. Any given Sunday, it's available on the Dead End Podcast Network. We 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 everywhere, man. On Twitter at AGS Pod, Instagram AGS Podcast. We're available anywhere where you can find podcasts. Uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, everywhere. Anywhere you can find podcasts on the internet, we're there. Check us out, man. Cool. All right. Well, we're here to talk basketball. Um, maybe some college football stuff. I think of some some uh, things have been canceled. Um and baseball after the food, but I don't think we'll hit that. But anyway, we're gonna jump into this thing. What you got, Nick? Uh the guy who's been probably the most talked about guy all weekend long, Dame Dollar. I feel like we gotta start there. And I gotta start off with this this sure. record breaking stat that he just did, or he put himself into some really elite company as far as his last game where he scored over fifty points. He is now in the same company as uh LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Uh, Kareem, AI, pretty much any big-time scorer, any big-time player the last 20 years, last 30 years, uh, he's in that elite company now with 10-plus uh, or more games with 50-plus points. Um, what did y'all think? Is, is Dame Lillard the best point guard in the league? That's the question I got for y'all. Mm. Mm. Yes. As of right now. As oh, of yeah. today. As of today. As of today. I mean, well, you. I mean, people would tell you I've been praising Dame from the. I've been praising Dame when you wasn't a believer, Nick. So you know, <laughs> you know, I just thought I'd throw that out there. I mean, I've been. You praising know, I'm Dame. a believer now, B. Nah, and uh, because he, 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 he got my homeboy. I, I, I don't even want to hear it. I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> Ken, if people would tell you, man, I've been praising Dame for a long, long time. So, I mean, yes, of course, yes. Right now, he's the best point guard in the league today. Even after missing those two clutch free throws, B? Yeah. Hey, like I said in the chat, man, all the greats, all the greats. <laughs> tear down black people, all the greats came up short, man. Even Michael Jordan. All of them came up short before. It happens. It happens. It happens. You, you, yeah. You you know, like 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 when I hear this question, I, I the thing that stands out to me, 
in the question is point guard. And y'all already know I love Dame. Because what was it, a show or two ago, I was talking about that he would have been the best. He is the best Robin to LeBron's Batman. Um, and y'all already know I would take Dame over Giannis Antetokounmpo right now today. Yeah. But if we're talking we best point guard. Huh? I said, we I'm know you crazy. crazy. Nah, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm not crazy. But um, you don't like Giannis at all. No, I do like Giannis. Just Giannis hasn't proven anything to me yet. And he's had an ample opportunity to do it. And he just, he's great. But yes, but hey, we people, we've been talking about Giannis. People, we've been talking about Giannis for some years too. Remember, years, years. Yeah, but but I, I don't know, man. It's it's hard, and I love Dane. But we're talking point guard. It's hard to put him over for this season. CP, CP three. I, I knew, I, I, I knew he was gonna say that. That's, I knew that's he was what gonna I was gonna say because I was thinking that too. I was like, you know, CP three, and I said in the chat, I was like, I know he's not gonna win. But I think CP3 should be considered MVP. He should be like 100. the consideration for MVP. Yeah, right? 100%. Put his name in there because 100%. we all he, thought we all thought that OKC was dead in the water when when he went to OKC and Russell went to Houston and Paul George went to Clippers. We were like, damn, that's fucked up. CP3 getting dead like that. Like, why they got him over to OKC out there to die? And look what's <laughs> been going on this season. Look what he's took them boys to, man. So yep. yeah, I think alone that deserve. MB, MB, MVP consideration. Yeah, because you take CP off of that squad, they are a top three uh, team in, in terms of the draft. Yes, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? They're going to get a top lottery pick. I, I don't know about that, squad. Though, man. I don't know about that. Now, and let me tell you why I say that. I honestly thought when that trade happened that they were going to move him again. I thought that that um, they were in a great position. Okay, so he was in a great position without him yeah. on that squad. I ain't going to say that that they were, you know, going to be as good as they were. I give them a lot of credit for that. But I did think when they traded away uh, Russ, I was like, that's a good move for that team because they got nice, a nice core. They just got a nice group of players, man. They just needed him to kind of corral them and get them together. But them boys be hooping, man. But 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 here but here's the thing though, like what, with the moves that OKC did, I agree with you, Shelton. I I I love the moves, but they weren't win now moves. It wasn't, let's make the playoffs now moves. They, they were right. setting themselves up again for the future. When you look at how many draft picks that are, uh, and he's my damn uh, uh, GM. Who, what, what? Uh, what's his name? Shit. Uh, Sam Presti. Presti. Sam Presti. And I love yeah, Sam Presti. I, hey, Ken, Ken, I'll be, I be right. I know when I'll be right. And I'm right about Sam Presti. And, and the moves that Sam Presti did was to set up OKC for another James Harden, Russell Westbrook, KD type of run with drafting high in the draft. But but the fact that CP got these guys and their their progression expedited because they I knew that they were going to play good but could they win games? And that's what CP has provided that squad is not only are we going to be competitive cuz we are talented. Okay, she's talented, but young, but we see like with teams like Dallas they don't know how to close out games. They're super talented. KP and, and, and Luca are arguably one of the best duos in the league, but they don't know how to close out games. And CP, honestly, when you look at that roster, is the only truly experienced player. So for a point guard to have that much influence, and y'all know how I feel about point guards, to be able to take a young roster like that that's literally built for the future, but being able to win now, that's why, like, in that question, I hear point guards. That's the thing that stands out. And I love Dane, but I don't know if Dane could do what CP is doing in OKC because he's a different type of point guard. Yeah, I can't. I'm not. I'm not going off. <laughs> the question. We started this whole conversation trying to praise Dane 
And you just, just basically <laughs> cut them off at the knee. Manny, I got to ask you a question. For one series, were they both in the Western Conference? So it's the Western, a Western Conference series. What point guard are you rolling with, Dame or CP3? For just the series, seven games. I'm rolling with Dame. Uh, with all due respect to CP3, I, I, I get what FIFO's going, and, and I, I, for the most part, I agree. Um, that being said, man, I, I, to me, I think it's an insult to even say – to even ask, is Dame one of the best point guards in the league? I think because I think the conversation is very limiting. Uh, to me, Dame is top five players in the NBA. I mean that mm. that's that's just I mean that's that goes without saying at this point. I mean Dame Lillard. I, to me, I don't understand why this dude just for whatever reason just doesn't get the respect that other dudes get. Like remember a couple years ago, like there was actually a debate between Russell Westbrook and. Dane Lillard as to who was better. Now that just feels foolish to me. Like that is just like, how was that even a debate? Like even years ago that Dame and Westbrook were even in the same wavelength. Um, Dane Lillard is so good that it's just mind boggling, man. I mean, it's just, it, it really, I mean, it's just the shots that he hits, the creativity, the, the offensive versatility that he has. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. I mean, he may not be the point guard that Chris Paul is. I mean, it, it depends on how, what you want your point guard to be. Do you want your point guard to solely be a facilitator first and score second, or do you want your point guard to kind of be an all-encompassing guy, kind of like Dame, where he just is a scoring machine, but could also facilitate. I think because Dame scores the way that he scores at such a prolific level, that I think it kind of, people kind of overlook the fact that he's actually a really good point guard on top of that. So I think that people, when they, when they, when you hear point guard, they were like, oh yeah, Dame's good, but he's just a scorer. No, I think his scoring sometimes overshadows his point guard ability, but I, I think he's incredible. I think he's, I think right now he's absolutely the best point guard in the NBA. I don't even think it's, so, a, man, I don't so, think it's a debate. So man, you're overlooking Russell Westbrook. Like you said, you mentioned the man that I was thinking about. We, we talking about a guy that came off a triple double last year averaging. So That's all he did though. Be, what do you mean? That's all he did. I'm just saying that's all he. That's all he did. What though. else do you have to do? He's the only. One I mean, did. we saw we saw what he looked like in the first round. The the but problem he, with Westbrook, the problem with Westbrook, man. He's 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 a very weird player to evaluate because Westbrook can win you a game. He could also lose you a game. And that's the problem with Russell. And that's what that's the debate that I've always had with Russell Westbrook fans, right? Like, of course, he's just incredible. Russell Westbrook might be one of the greatest athletes to uh, pure athletes, just pure, like created from God, sculpted from God athletes to play in the NBA. Just his ability to leap, run. Uh, I mean, he's just incredible, right? But he's just a hard, like, you know, you know, who I compare Russell Westbrook to like, he's kind of like Eli Manning in the NFL, right? Like sometimes I, you I, love, you love Russell Westbrook. And then there's other days you're just like, mm, damn, so, Russ, so did you Manning. have to make that pass? Did you have to take that shot? Like, I don't know. He, Eli clutch though. He got titles. He got hardware. I love Russ. But when we're talking about Manny, I like, I like what you said to begin your, your point, but I'm going to take a little bit further. Russell Westbrook can win you a game, but he can lose you a series. As you can see what happened when they went against Portland, he can let shit get to his head. As you can see what happened when he goes against Utah, he lets shit get to his head that fuck up the whole game plan, the whole chemistry. Yeah. And I'm not going to put all of it on him because he had PG and Melo during those times as well. But he's the best player on the court, so that responsibility has to fall for, on him. So, so, th- so there's one word that I would describe Russell Westbrook like, and, and it's volatile. And I, I, I think Perfect. everything, defensively, yeah. offensively, interpersonal, he's just <laughs> a very volatile player. And I, 
as a point guard, you need to be the most poised player on the court because the ball is primarily in your hand. And that's why I love Russ. And, and, and I think it's going to take the right coach to be able to tame him in the moments. You don't want to tame him the whole game because he wouldn't be Russell Westbrook. But in those moments where we can't go wild, you can't make it a one-on-one because he's not the greatest shooter. He's very streaky. He, he launches like he is Dane, but he's not Dane. You know, so he needs to, at times, understand time scoring possession. Mm-hmm. And the best thing for Russ at times is to get to the free throw line instead of taking yeah. that pull-up jumper that he hits at a very high clip. But we need, we need a higher rate of, of conversion. So we need the foul. So go get us the, the, the and one or get us the two free throws, right? And, and, and I think that at times, Russell Westbrook just gets beside himself. And I think that that's what hurts him because – at the end of the day, when you watch Russell Westbrook, he's not a true point guard. He's just the best athlete at a particular size, and you just want the ball in his hand because his usage rate and, and, and not even his efficiency, but he makes people around him better. You, you can't average, to Shelton's point, a triple-double and be like, well, what else do you want from him? You know what I'm saying? But it's, it, I think with Russell, it comes down to the details, and he's not great at details. And because of that, you have to knock him off of the greatest point guard list. Now, he's top five point guards in the league, top 10 if you ask certain people, but he is great. It's just, I don't know, like, can he win? Can he win as being the best player on a team? There's a recklessness to his game that I think limits his overall greatness, right? Like, there's just that, there's just, there's just like, there's just times where you just want to grab him, like, yo, instead of going 100 on every possession, every play, Bring it down to 95, at least 90, right? It, but there's just like a recklessness to Russell Westbrook that I think has hurt him over his career. And that I think I think that's what KD was just kind of frustrated. Like, I, I think you love Russell Westbrook because of, of, the, of the heart and the energy and the toughness. And there's just that dog mentality that he brings every single night. But I think that same thing, that same thing that makes him great also kind of makes him a liability. And I think that wears on people. Yeah, it does. He's, he's like... Huh? He's like the basketball version of the Hulk. When you really want him to be like Thanos. Facts, though, for real, though. You really want him to be like Thanos. You want to be able to control his power, but in a, in a strategic way that gets the job done. But he's really just the Hulk. Sometimes the Hulk can save the day. Sometimes he can fuck the whole day up. Right. And to, and to bring that... No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, to bring it back to Dame, you just see a calm, a coolness, a collective, like, just calmness with Dame, right? Like, there's just that poise that just, like, that's what I love the most about Dame. It's just his attitude, man. Like, Dame just reminds me, to me, Dame is, like, old school player, man. Like, just his attitude, his, 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 his demeanor, like, he's just a dude that gets on the court. He has the same competitive fire that I think Russell Westbrook has, but he just, he just manifests it better. Yeah. I love I, I love Dame too. I think he's a great player. I just think, like I said, when you look at numbers, if if I was not a basketball fan and I had a stat sheet placed in front of me, I'm gonna look at these things. And Russell is leading him in rebounds and assists and steals. So in saying that, it's hard for me to put somebody above somebody when they're equal in points, and one is ahead in rebounds and assists and steals on a team with James Harden at that. So I, I still say, like I said, it, it's tough to beat a triple double. They've been but a couple of people who can say that they averaged that over their career. I mean, sure. over, over a season. So they faced each sure. other last year hey, in the playoffs. That's all you need to say, Sheldon. They, you, you saw gotta, what that point guard did against that other point guard. And one was waving goodbye and the other one was going home. That's it. That's the facts. end of the conversation. Plus, I'll, I'll, poise this, I'll poise this question to you, Sheldon. 
You got a game for your life. Like your life is on the line right now. You want Dane with the ball or do you want Russell Westbrook with the ball? At the end of the game, you mean? Just in general. Like if I tell you right now, if you don't win this game, you die. Like that's it. That's the that's the conversation. You want Dane Lillard or do you want Russell Westbrook? Hey, I'm about to say, Manny, that's what they're doing in the bubble, right? <laughs> you don't win this game. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, hey, they got sports, the virus right outside sports, for sports, sports in 2020 is a live and die proposition right now. So, I mean, it ain't that far off. Mm-hmm. I, I think, like I said, I'll take either one. I, I still think, I mean, Dane gets more credit, and he does, and it, deservedly so. Like you said, like you said, Nick, he did take, he did beat him last year, and he put him out, but. You know, we'll we'll see where it goes from here, as far as if if Portland can make the playoffs because they still ain't in yet. So we're giving this man a lot of credit, but Delton, we asked outside looking in. Manny asked you a question. He asked you a question. You skating by or going on some other shit? Nah, he asked I, if I, you I, had I, one I game. Say, he no, ain't say either say, one. It's it's either Dame or Russ. It, we gonna get to the one, teams you later. Take, you can take your pick. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> hell, I take Russ right now. Look at that nigga you pick. I ask you. <laughs> it's, it's going. It's going. Russ is already in, so <laughs> it's Russ. He's in right. that they might not make it to the playoffs to make a shot. So it, it, from the way it looks right now, he's on the outside looking in in that bubble. So we just got to see what happens. And and the, like like we talked about earlier, he choked in the game, and that game may cost them. The um the ability to get in the playoffs that was a bit yeah, choke. That choke, just a choke, regular... choke is a little strong. Choke well, is a little he, strong. Call it what missed, it is. Missed, a spade is a spade. Yeah, it was choke. He, missed, he choked. Those, choke, he choked, he choked he but it wasn't. It Damn, wasn't a costly choke. choke. It wasn't yeah, a costly choke. choke. Hey, Nick, Nick, when you're when you're on the outside looking at the end of the playoffs, that could be the most costly history yeah. those of his career. Mm-hmm. That would have you know given them the lead, and you don't know how the rest of that game would have played right. out. That was a choke. It was a choke, though. But, just, but when, I, and, 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 when I think of choke, go ahead, Sheldon. No, I was just going to say, and they may not make the playoffs because of that game. Well, when saying? I think of choke, I think of, like, Ken Anderson at the free throw line during Orlando Magic. You know what I'm you saying? Nick That's, Anderson. Huh? Nick Anderson, my bad. Nick Anderson. Nick so it's just like, those are, like, big moments, like, where you – there ain't nothing bigger than this right now. Dame has another day. Like, you can choke – People choking regular season. Yeah. No, I'm saying, but but I'm saying, like to me, he did choke, but it ain't that big of a choke. No, but 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 no, choking yes, is yes, choking. No, no, yes, it is because that impacts them in their playoff run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is a, a big choke. I mean, it's, that was it's a big a, choke. It, it is okay. because because here's the thing: it doesn't diminish how clutch Dame is. Because, no, 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 okay, it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you miss these two, and, and we're gonna call a spade a spade, okay. and you choke, but shit. With the last, if there's three seconds on the clock, give me Dame over everybody. And I said that last time too. Him and Kyrie, give me anybody in the NBA. All give right. me those two guys with the ball. So, so while we're here, then, and we were all we talking about the the choke, um, was Pat Bev and I guess PG were they in 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 the right? Like, or, and what did you think no. about Dame's response? No, <laughs> I think so. And the only reason I think so is. That kind of stuff happens every day. The difference is we're in a bubble now. You think all them dudes ain't talking on, on the court? You know what I'm saying? Talking trash? That would be happening anyway. It's just we can hear everything. We can see everything. Everything is in a microcosm right now because ain't no fan. But, yeah, they do, they do what they would always do. That's how they always talk to him. It's just the cameras picked it up this time because mm-hmm. ain't nothing else to look at. So that's really the only difference. We've seen LeBron. Who was it that walked up? Um, it, it Gilbert Arenas. 
Gilbert yeah. Arenas. Talk, that happens every day. Talking to people, you know you're going to choke. That happens all day long. You know, that, that's just basketball. Getting in somebody's head, talking trash, setting it up for the next game. I don't know if I would have done it, though. Not today. I don't think I would have done that today. I Especially like considering nothing. the fact that he put you out. So right. Yeah, right. that's that's my that's my biggest issue. You bring up the Clippers, man. The Clippers to me, like these dudes still don't this, these dudes these dudes don't realize that they're still the Clippers until they win something. Like, this organization has a lot of a lot a of chattery fan is people. Speaking, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead, man. Facts, absolutely, absolutely. We hang championship banners up there, not selfies. Remember Ooh. that. Um, <laughs> this organization, this organization does a lot of talking for for an organization at the end of the day that's still the Clippers. Like, what have they won? Kawhi won his championship where? Toronto. PG hasn't done much, hasn't done anything yet with the Clippers as far as championship success. Like this team just has this like aura about them like, oh, we're the Clippers and everybody should just take notice. Like, really? Like, what have y'all done? As far as the whole choking conversation goes, I mean, I don't think it's, I mean, yes, if you want to clarify, classify it as a choke, I guess you could classify it as a choke. I mean, he did come back the next night or two nights later and drop 51. And just continue that. I think I think you would classify it as a big choke. Like had they had they lost that game against the Clippers, and then they lose yesterday against Philly, and it just kind of like they lose two or three games in a row, and then that just kills their whole momentum. Then I think that you can look back at those free throws with a little bit more like, damn, he really did choke that. But I mean, if he choked in that game and then comes back and drops fifty one, like, yeah, that's a hell of a choke, I guess. But, but, I mean, they're still, I, I, they're, still in, me, they're still in the driver's seat, though. They're still yeah, in the driver's me, seat. For, for me, well, no, they actually are not in the driver's seat. Memphis is. They're only a so half game back from Memphis. It don't matter. They they back regardless. So the driver's seat is Memphis. It's Memphis's uh, playoff spot to lose. But the reason why to me it was a choke for me is it's two free throws. If it was one, that's just a missed shot. It, that happens. But to miss two when you you're clutch like that, that's a choke. Especially as clutch as he is. That's the only reason I call it that. And the thing oh, too many is like when you're that great and that prolific of a score, that type of stuff, you take it out on your next opponent because mentally you already know like, okay, I miss that. I hear all of all. He's not going to tell people that he hears all of the talking. Oh no, you know, I'm just chill. I'm going to just play the next game. This, that, and the third, but deep down, that's eating at him, which is why he came back and, and did what he did. The greatest think, players think- do that. And I think the fact that Paul George, of all people, like, dude, seriously, you, <laughs> the dude that I sent packing last yesterday, and Patrick Beverly, like, you should raise your hand to talk to me. Like, that's how, that's how, that's how Dame Lillard should be. Bro, we we gonna get to the Clippers. You gonna we go? You gonna air your grievances about the I'm Clippers? I'm just saying, man. <laughs> just saying. Uh, man, you Hold said, hey, Shelton, you were saying Memphis in the driver's seat in the eighth. I think it's gonna come down to Portland and Suns for the play-in. I, I think so too. They're I both think playing, so too. Yeah, Suns are playing some awesome ball. How far back? How far back is the, are the Suns? The one Suns, and a half, I think. Is one no, the, half Suns, two. the Suns are one game behind. They won, oh, they one. Got, game. They are half mm-hmm. game behind Portland and one game behind Memphis. And the way it, the way Memphis been playing and the way if Suns been playing, it's, you it's might be right, be, B. It might be right. Portland and the uh, Suns, I think, for that playing game, you might be right. Well, B, I got to ask you one question is, uh, before we move off the Blazers. Do you think they have a legit shot to get the get to the finals this year? I mean, they were the Western they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. Now they got a revamped offense, and most of their players are coming back from injury. And of course, they got the most clutch player on the team, Carmelo. You know what I'm saying? So, like, so what? So, so what? They chances looking like B? Uh, right now, the way the Lakers has been playing since we've been since since the bubble, since we've been back in this bubble. 
I mean, I, the Blazers might have a shot. They got, they definitely have a shot. The way the way Lakers defense has been looking, and and the way how wishy washy AD's been playing. Um, yeah, I, I give Blazers a shot. I give them a little shot, man. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that they're gonna win it all, but I definitely, I definitely can see them shocking the world if they uh, get in and play the Lakers, the way the Lakers has been playing, you know, usually we like, I know people agree with me with this. Usually when Brian gets in playoff mode, you know, it's just like, it's another, another Brian, but if yeah. Brian don't get into that playoff mode and Blazers coming that thing, like, look, if the worst thing you want to give a lower seeded team or, or a team that you feel that's inferior to you is confidence. If Blazers come in there and get confidence, like, yo, we can beat these motherfuckers. Like, let's, let's go. I, they can, they can, they can pull out that upset against the Lakers. I mean, I can definitely see that the way Lakers been playing. One hundred percent, and I think that in that series, the X factor is going to be your boy Carmelo because yep. we know what we're going to get from Dame. And, yep. and, and CJ, and we know that what happened, B and CJ, and CJ. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go through the through the things. Okay. We know that Dame <laughs> is going to be Dame, and you we know that when Dame is in the playoffs, he le- he definitely takes it up a couple notches. Not just one. That man got a couple levels in the playoffs. So we know what he's going to bring. Like you said, B, LeBron is going to bring that. Question mark, AD. What are you going to do, bro? The spotlight is on you now. And we need you to be the, 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 the most dominant player on that team, right? Can AD fit that building? Because the Portland Trailblazers don't really have an answer for him either. Carmelo is going to have to be as clutch as he's been for the Portland Trailblazers to this point. Right for his career, he's been clutch. By the 100%. way, one hundred percent. But but <laughs> like in this last season with the Portland Trail Blazers, he's been that X factor. And here and here's the thing, because I know how you think, Nick, and you think that I've been hating on Carmelo for forever. You said he'll be out the league. That's not hate. I did. That's just disrespect, buddy. Well, well, <laughs> well, I learned it from you because you are Mister Disrespect. However. And B can attest to this. Me and B talk a lot about basketball. What's the one place I've always said that he needed to go to and he could play there? It's been Portland. I thought you said Chicago at first. No, like like when he first could have hit free agency, I said Chicago would have been perfect for him. But the other place, once they got Dame and all of that, I always said Portland. Mm -hmm. It's on the record. Go back. I I know when I'd be right. And I was right about that. But he, he is a perfect fit for them. So he just needs to do what he's been doing. They don't need extra. The person they need extra from is C.J. McCollum because at times C.J. disappears. And at times he, he plays outside, like outer body, but they need this guy to average 22, 23-plus in the playoffs. And what that means is, is that they need two games of 35-plus C.J., and they can only afford one game of a 17, 18-point C.J., So he needs to be in the mid-20s for that squad to really have an effect. And also, the Lakers are one of the biggest teams in the playoffs. So Nurkic coming back, he, like, what does Nurkic... He's their big, to me, he's their biggest X factor because he hasn't been healthy even last year. And he's balling right now. Exactly. So can can Nurkic be efficient against the Laker bigs? Um and and, and 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 to me those are the two biggest question marks. Nurkic and the consistency of CJ McCollum. If those two guys can ball out, they can beat the Lakers in seven games. In seven they, games, I'm not saying they will beat, but they have the opportunity have, to beat. Yeah, yeah. I'm they not. Yeah, it will have to go seven. To me, it'll have to go seven. They don't win, but it's just yeah. They have, they have a chance. The way Lakers been playing, they have a chance. It's a chance. I understand. I understand. But in seven games, they, that, that's right. what you're saying. It has to go seven. I think. I think that. I think the X factor, y'all. 
Oh, I think ahead. the X factor you're not considering is that, you know, the bubble, you know, there's no home court advantage. Realistically, it's just two teams going out there seeing who's best for seven yeah. games. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to play a lot into these playoff series, man. The yeah, fact sure. that, you know, you don't have that 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 intangible aspect of having that home home court advantage to travel, role, you know, uh, um, role players playing well on the road or playing well at home and not playing well on the road, you know, having all of these little intangibles that I think add to a playoff series, you're not going to have any of that um, this time around. Um, I'm a Laker fan and I am scared of Portland. I think they're not your typical eighth seed. Uh, I said it in the chat the other day. I, the only two teams that I truly fear in the Western conference um, to me, the Clippers and Portland. I just think Portland is not your prototypical A seed. This is a team, like you said, that went to the Western Conference Finals. You could argue from a talent perspective, they're probably better than that team that went to the Western Conference Finals last year. I know the record doesn't indicate that. They've had a lot of injuries. But, yeah, I'm with you, uh, FIFO. I think I think Portland, to me, is a very dangerous team. And I think the Lakers, if, if they don't have them on notice, I think they should because I think that team definitely presents a lot of matchup nightmares. And I think – I think what you said about Carmelo is spot on because I think the problem with Portland in a lot of years has been, you know, you kind of trap those two guards in the backcourt. They don't really have another guy that can make shots. Now you have that guy in Melo that has proven that he can go get a bucket when you need it. Um, so I think Melo is a big X factor. And I think Nurkic is a huge X factor. Like the way he's been playing in the bubble, I, I didn't even think he would come back as healthy as he's looked. Me neither. And then, Me on, neither. And then on top, and then on top to come back and look be be absolutely dominant, not just good, but dominant for them. Whiteside um, is injured, right? Yeah, was one. Is Whiteside injured? Because I was, I, I haven't. Was, I was, I was, I just, they've been. He's been playing. He's been playing. They just he? give him limited minutes because he's not yeah. offensively well rounded. He's a good defensive anchor, but offensively well rounded, I don't think he helps. I think they, they yeah. try to put him in. It don't work. They, they, they're going to play. He's he's a matchup guy, right? Like if if they place the Lakers, he's he's playing. He's going to play. Yeah. Especially like when you see Dwight, um, you see and, and even and Bale. even Whiteside and even Whiteside is a key too because Whiteside is a guy that matches up well with AD, matches up well with uh Dwight. So yeah, I don't yeah, I don't I know think, about AD. I, I don't think well, Hassan not from a skill perspective, but I think he put a body throw out. But 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 here's the thing though, right? Like, don't hype up AD, bro. Don't no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not hyping them up. I'm, I'm just I'm stating fact. If AD sees Hassan on him, he's taking him away from the basket. Hassan can't do nothing. So, so that's true. If, if we're talking pure seven footer for seven footer, of course. But if we're talking skill set and we're talking chess and checkers, that it is um, the coaching job. I, 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 to me, if I'm um, and I love him. Or you know, I'm bad with names. Rick, Car- no, not Rick Carlisle. What's the Frank uh, Vogel? Frank Vogel. No, 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 no. The Portland coach. Oh, Terry, Terry Stotts. Stotts. Yeah. Yeah, Terry Stotts. If I'm Terry Stotts, there's no way that I'm matching up Hassan Whiteside on AD. There's there's no way. No. There's no way. In rotation or this, that, and the third, that's one thing. But to be like, hey. What Hassan, about Nurkic? Nurkic, I would. He's a little bit more mobile. I don't, I don't he, need he, Nurkic in he, foul trouble, though. He, he's slow. And I'm not saying – look, and that's why I said AD is pivotal for the Lakers to beat the the the, the Portland Trailblazers because really to get out of the Western Conference period to get out of the Western Conference period yeah. because there is not a true matchup for him you know what I'm saying especially no. in the West so he has to take advantage every single time and if I'm Portland there's no one guy that I'm just saying hey go stop that guy because they don't have that guy the Blazers have no shot at beating the Lakers no yeah. shot right. and, no and, shot and, and, and I'm a Laker fan. 
First no of all, shot the Lakers. The guy that's much ado about nothing. The guy that y'all haven't mentioned that's on the Blazers that goes that is like that will be a huge lethal weapon for the Lake against the Lakers is because the Lakers have one of the worst uh defensive three point perimeter uh guys in the league, probably even in the bubble. Gary uh Trent Jr. over here shooting at like at a fucking clip behind the arc. What, what school he go to? Season. What school? Oh, no, you tell you tell me. <laughs> you already know. You already know. <laughs> no way. <laughs> you think they have zero chance? No, I don't. To you're beat tripping. them in a series to you're get a game tripping. or two, yeah. But a series, we talking about I to win it. four out of out of out of seven? seven? No, you talking about a team not. that this is just this is one of those situations that we're in where everybody see this this team and I've, and everybody I've, falls I've, in love with them and they think that oh this could give this team this problem or this could get it it's like it's, no so you think there's no legitimacy to those arguments or those debates absolutely not okay you're so 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 wait hold on there, there's this dude in the chat named Darian Garcia he thinks I'm high as hell but I think he's high as hell he says Dame is inconsistent do you agree with that. And is that what? part of the reason? Yeah, I, I don't know. Go in the chat because that shit crazy. Who man's is that? I don't uh, know. That ain't our man. <laughs> in, in the yes, Dame can have his moments in the playoffs. Yes, uh, CJ can have his moments in the playoffs. Yes, and Melo can definitely have his moments in the playoffs. Yes, you're you're you got it's when people are looking at this team, they're banking on all three of them to be playing together, and that somehow, some way, Nurkic is going to turn into a king. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Ain't yeah. nobody saying they're no going to be a king. No one, no one is, is saying that. No one is saying that. Arvita Sabonis. <laughs> not even. It's Rick Smith. No, no. <laughs> no, no. We so you think just, Russo don't shut down one of them? Or that is a, is look, a factor enough to, to take out one of Like, you, we're talking about three all-stars hall, in our Hall of Fame. And I think four games straight. They don't. Beat them. All right. I think this is the series where they're going to miss A.B. Bradley. Yep. 100%. And Rondo. And, and Rondo. Yep, and Rondo. 100%. And, and I get and that, that, but I... Okay. Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Shell. You haven't spoken. I was just going to say, I just think that I agree with Ken because I think that the Lakers are on guard. They're paying attention to what's going on. They ain't no fools. So, unlike... And why they losing? Because because they're already in. They're locked up to one seed, and it's kind of like they coach them a little bit. Facts. LeBron set out the first couple playoffs. I mean, first couple games after they clinched. So they kind of been just on, on, on coast mode until the playoffs start. Then that boy's going to turn it on and they're going to do what they do. And I think that Dame them are going to give them a good, game, a good games. I don't think it's going to be a bad series. I just don't think they can beat them four times. I don't. So, Shelton, you said they're going to turn on and do what they do. What happened with last year when LeBron said they turned it on? What did they do? Well, last year they weren't, they weren't in the playoffs last year. And that was a totally different team, which, which I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm not. But, you know, that was just a I'm totally just saying different like, situation. Manny pointed out the Clippers haven't done squat to be talking all this shit, period. Right. Right. I the last time the Lakers won a title was another decade and with a whole nother roster with another superstar. Correct. So it's just like, what 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 are we going off of when Ken talking about some it ain't no question? Like, who the fuck are the Lakers? Well, well hey, LeBron, hey, 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 hey. Watch West. your mouth, man. It's LeBron. Number one seed in the West. That's who they are. I've seen number one yeah. seeds get taken out in the West easily. You saw not easily. Nick, what basketball is you watching? I'm asking. They are the number one seed in the West. They're not your Bonnet Clippers as everybody predicted. They would be. That's that's who they are right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, this that's a fact. We so, can't ignore that. So, Ken, let me let me ask you a question. And the Blazers have been trying to get to the playoffs all season long. 
and now all of a sudden they're supposed to be a threat. Come on, they are what they are. But, but Ken, the Blazers yeah. have always been a threat. They just had some injuries this year, man, and it's just that, yeah. that you can't underlook that. I, look, I'm, I'm not look as to a Laker who? fan. I, I, I <laughs> who? But what what kind of to injuries to who? Because it's been a long season. It's been a while, so that's why I'm asking. I'm not. CJ missed some time this year. CJ missed some time this year. The big man uh, has missed times the last two. He's been gone all season. Nurkic. Nurkic has been gone. I think, I think even Dame sat out some games this year. He did. Uh, he did, like towards the end of before the pandemic hit. He sat yeah. out like a week he ago. Had some, he had some he had some games that he missed. Right. So they've had they've had their their multitude of injuries. Look, I'm not sitting here telling you right now as a Laker fan that, oh yeah, bank it. Uh, Blazers and six, but I think you're I think you're underselling them if you're just saying they have no chance, like they have no shot. Nope. Dallas has no shot to beat the Lakers in a series to me. One hundred percent. You know. So here, OKC has no shot. Portland. Look, look, look. We know we know this about the NBA playoffs: bubble, no bubble, <laughs> just basketball in general. When I gotta face you seven times, it comes down to matchups, and when we look at the matchups, the strength of the Portland Trailblazers is the weakness of the Lakers. Perimeter players. Exactly. And, like, so and vice versa. Because of that, be, huh? Vice versa. Like, who's going to guard LeBron? No, who's 100%. AD? No, one, AD ain't a perimeter player, though. Are, are you, wait, wait, hold on. Are you listening to what I just said, Shelton, previously? I said AD is going to be a factor throughout the playoffs because nobody in the West has a guy that can guard that guy. So right, AD has to play at a superstar level. And we know LeBron mm-hmm. is LeBron. I ain't got I, shit. The, the championship go through LeBron. I, I, I've already stated that, right? But at the end of the day, those are two guys out of five guys that are going to be on the court, right? And the Blazers have more matchup issues, right, that the Lakers have to defend than the Blazers have to defend against the Lakers. Again, I said Carmelo is going to be – he could be an X – he should be an X factor because if LeBron don't guard him, he's going to abuse Caruso. And we're going to put Danny Green – Danny Green too small. So who, so who are you going to match up consistently against Carmelo, especially if he's going off? So I said he's an X-Factor. Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. No, that's right. I was going to say, you said it right. It's the, he's the X-Factor. He's, a, and you he's said an X-Factor. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not saying that he's going to be consistent and we rely on Carmelo. None of that. But right, right, right. two or three games, that's Carmelo Anthony. I'm not being disrespectful. Dame Lillard. Who are they, who they going to put? I see people in the chat talk about Danny Green. Danny Green going to get cooked, bro. What you, Danny Green does not have the lateral quick. They don't have another defender outside of every Bradley, which is, I'm glad Manny brought him up. They don't have another wing defender. Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith, uh, who, who's the other guy that they signed? It, it don't even matter. They don't have a guy for Damian. We know that Dane, out of seven games, if they go seven games, Dane's going to bring it five. LeBron is going to guard Dane. Just like Hell he did, no. Just like he did D. Rose. You, you, but that's not that's this not the same LeBron. LeBron don't have. I'm saying he gonna have to. You just mentioned the but LeBron, but, the, but but then th- that's advantage Portland. That's advantage Portland. Why you think I gave him a chance? Exactly. That's why I'm saying Portland has yeah. a chance. I'm not saying they gonna win because LeBron and AD can overcome all of that. They're too damn great. But if you're saying that Portland has zero chance, then you just being disrespectful. Okay. <laughs> uh, moving. I on. agree. The uh, the game that uh, Manny you brought up the game against uh, Philly with Dane went off for fifty. Let's stick on the Sixers for a little minute. Mm. They done oh, man. That Trust same the process. Game, Hashtag the same game that Dane went off fifty. Uh, Joel Embiid got hurt, and I don't know how much time he's gonna miss. But we already know Ben Simmons is out for the rest of the bubble. And, and here's the thing: so Joel's out the 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 previous game, this game, and the next game at minimum. 
<laughs> do, the, do the Sixers need to trade Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons by next season? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I, mm. I think, uh, see, the problem with the Sixers is the problem when you anoint these teams too early. The problem with the Sixers were everybody was anointing them. They got next. Oh, hashtag trust the process, right? And they really hadn't do, done anything. They really hadn't put in the effort. They really hadn't gone through the war of building that team, right? They just kind of, they got, I mean, let's be fair. They kind of got lucky too with um, just with being so, like, with picks yeah. and just being horrible and just non-competitive for what, half a decade. That's not lucky. That's strategy. <laughs> they told you what they were going to do and they did it. I, I don't okay. understand. It ain't hard to be shitty, Fivo. Exactly. It's, it's, but it's it was not, a strategy but... to get top picks. And it's a strategy. It's a strategy, but the draft is still is still is still a crapshoot. You know, who knows? I, I mean, you know, who knows? So that, that in itself is luck. They, they, they missed on Julius. They missed on Merlins. And they hit on MB. They missed on Fultz. They missed they, on Fultz. They missed on Fultz. They missed on Evan Turner. The thing about it was. What you mean pre-process? That's the part of that's what they've been doing for the last decade. No, no, no. Evan Turner wasn't part of the process. Turner Turner wasn't part of the process. That's fair. But that's true. But but yeah, they they missed they missed on Fultz. They missed on on Noel. They missed on uh Jaleel. Hurts hurts to say that. But that being said, man, I think the six yeah, I know, man. It hurts to say that. Um the, the Sixers, man, I just there's just something missing with that franchise, man. There's just something missing with that team. It's um, the coach. I don't think. See, part. that's too e- that's too that's easy part. to just say it's the coach. It's just too, it's too easy to just say, oh, it's Brett Brown. Look, I'm not going to confuse Brett Brown with Red Auerbach, but it, it, that that's just an easy cop out argument, man. Where's the where's where's the where's the where's the heat on the players, man? Ben Simmons in four years has not developed a jump shot. You you mean to tell me that Ben Simmons in four years has developed a a a just a an adequate jump shot? I'm not even asking you to come out there and be Clay Thompson. Man, don't put the battery. Don't put the battery in my back, Manny. You preaching right now? He doesn't. He doesn't take the jump shot in games, but he has one. Oh really? Where he's where I see that? Oh my god, man! Stop! Stop! What's the last time you seen that? You're right, Ken. These are just facts. I'm sorry. Facts from what? Yeah. Where is he showing? Where is he showcase we, this? We've jump seen shot? the clips. You've seen it too. I'm talking about in the game. No, no, but, that's what I just come said, on, though. That, 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 that's the thing. Come on, man. I just said he don't take him in the game. Exactly. So he ain't got a jump shot. Yes. Oh, that, my God. oh come on, man. That that makes no sense. Look, we're not saying we're not saying that the man is JJ Reddick, but the man mm. for some reason is not confident enough to take it in the game. It does not mean that he's devoid of it. He just doesn't do it. And I, I I don't understand why. Is I don't psychological. I don't. Yeah. Um, thank you, thank you for mentioning that too, because JJ Reddick was a big piece of that puzzle for the Sixers. Him being out means much more than what people think, because JJ on that team, like you know, I watched all eighty-two of their games. JJ, when he was on that team, man, he made those big shots, and that's really what they're missing. Ben didn't have to shoot because he had JJ. Now you know what I'm saying. Now that's a glaring hole to try to replace that with um, Richardson. Richardson's a streaky shooter. It's not the same scorer. thing at all. Yeah, yeah, he is. And it's not the same yeah. thing. It would be a nice piece to add him. But you need J.J., man. Losing J.J. hurt. I hated to see J.J. go more than anybody. They could have took Butler. Jimmy Butler could have left. Anybody else could have left. Even Tobias Harris. I just wanted J.J. there in that core with that core, too. Covington also was a huge loss for them too. He was because Covington, Covington did a lot of the dirty work. He did, the and dirty I think work. they and he brought the he brought an element of toughness to that team that I don't think they've ever really truly replaced. But but, 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 but here's the thing. But here's the thing about Robert Covington: they bought low and sold high, so I'm okay with that move. 
um, and, and I think I think when when you're building, especially in the NBA, when you're building, um, the way that the Philadelphia 76ers are trying to build, it's it's about pieces of the puzzle, and. J.J. Redick was a big piece of that puzzle because of the skill sets of their two best players. And I've said it consistently. Mm-hmm. I have been a proponent of saying they're going to make it work. They're going to make it work. They're going to make it work. And then as of recently, I have softened that stance. And I'm not saying that they have to trade one or the other, but they're not, they're not adding the pieces to make those two main pieces work. And I said the same thing years ago with the Lakers when they got um, Dwight Howard, Paul Gasol, and then they went to go get D'Antoni as the head coach. What the hell is you doing? That's that's that those the gumbo ain't gonna taste right because the cook ain't cooking it right. You know what I'm saying? Brett Brown is part of the problem, but he's not the only issue. The bigger issue is the pieces don't fit. Ben right. Simmons is a point forward. A la Draymond Green, but a way bigger, faster, stronger. But uh, I'm not gonna say he's a better player. He's a better version of Draymond. Yeah. Right. And Joel Embiid is a new version of what a low post star is. He does post up. People want to see him doing more, but he leads the league in post up. So how the, much more do you want him to do, right? And in terms of the rest of the squad, right, we see the blueprint in Golden State, right? And the reason why Draymond works and Draymond is able to play as many minutes and get all of the accolades is because they have a scoring point guard that can shoot. Ben Simmons needs a Mo Williams type point guard. He needs somebody that's just going to be unconscious, bro. You don't even need a handle the rock. Go over here and chill in the corner. I'll create the plays. They need another two guard or wingman that can space the floor, that can just chill and be on the ready. Um, Joe Harris for, for, for the, for the uh, Brooklyn Nets, a guy like that. Um, and uh, so it's Elton brand's fault. I think, yeah, he's yeah, part of the, he's so. the big issue. He, yeah. He takes the biggest so. percentage of the blame. And and here's the thing. And, and, and it hurts for me to say that because... He takes the biggest? Yes. yes. Wow. Him, him I'm then surprised you said that. I don't know about biggest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's between him and Brett Brown. It's between him and Brett Brown. Because, I'll ask the question. He could have got rid of Brett Brown. And yeah. the fact that he brought in Al Horford, which broke up the chemistry. One of the most puzzling else. moves in the offseason. Yeah. Like, I still that don't right understand there, that move to the day. To give him all that money. That just didn't make no sense to me. And like I said... Like you, like you said earlier, you know Robert Covington and I can't think of the other the forwards name. Dario Saric. 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 That I don't think he should have broke that band up. I think if they had kept that group together just one more year, we'd have saw a little bit more. I think they were ready to turn. I love Jimmy Butler. I just didn't think that he was the piece necessary to get them over the top. I didn't think and, he could do it. Yeah, and I wasn't a fan of that move either. Um, but I don't think they need to trade either one. I think start with the coach. And then if the coach comes in and have the same issues, then then look to that next. Well, well I, I, think, I think, see, this is why I slightly disagree with you, Ken, is because the value of both of these players is still relatively high. It'll be and high next year, too. I'm not, I'm no, not 100% so. sure about no. that. I'm not 100% sure about that because the proof is in the pudding. And, and, and we see that together they can't do something, so people aren't going to throw the house to get one of those guys. Right. And on top of that, they got these injury bugs that don't help. Exactly. So to me, I think you got I think you got to decide on a play style first and foremost. And that's why I'm giving a lot of the, the biggest percentage of the blame to Elton Brand. 
what do what, what are we going to do? We're going to be big man centric and, and, and play like Denver, or are we going to be point forward ish and play a faster pace? Because when you look at it, when Joel Embiid isn't in there and Ben Simmons plays, they play way faster. They they up and down, rebound, push. Everybody goes space out. Ben Simmons trying to dunk or, or kick the ball out. And then when Ben Simmons isn't there and Joel Embiid is there. They're slow down, give the ball to Joel, let Joel do what he does. Joel is an underrated passer, and you run your offense through the center. But when they're both there, they conflict because Ben Simmons is unwilling to shoot. Regardless if you're going to make or miss, you got to keep the defense honest. And because of that, that's why they don't work. And I think that as the GM, it's a tough decision. I think it's, it's, it's one of the toughest decisions in the NBA as a GM. But you got to make the decision. What is our play style? And once you determine what your play style is, you can move one or the other and then get the adequate pieces to make sure that it works. I think if, if I'm Elton Brand, you know one of the teams that I'm calling? I'm calling OKC. I'm calling OKC. I'm seeing how many of them draft picks are available. I'm seeing if Shea Gilgis is available. I'm, I, I, need, I, need, I need to see. I need to see. Because... because with the Sixers, regardless of whoever you decide to go with, you're still going to need draft picks because you're not going to be able – and we've seen it. Philly is not a free agent destination. So they're not going to be able to buy their championship. They're still going to have to partly draft their championship. At, at the issue that I have with Philly – well, one of the many issues that I have with Philly also is that I think that Ben Simmons, and rightfully so, gets a lot of the blame. Brett Brown gets a lot of the blame. Where's the blame on, on Joel Embiid? He's the superstar. He's the process. And he hasn't, he, he hasn't answered the bell too, guys. Like, we, we got to keep it 100. Joel Embiid has not taken that next step. Joel Embiid is a once-in-a-generation type talent. I really, truly believe that. I think he's a talented individual, but he has not carried himself like a once in a lifetime, gener- once in a generation type talent. He has not answered the bell. There's always some, to me, I feel like Joel Embiid is more concerned with being a character and being, you know, spicy on Twitter than being a great player. Like there's just certain things about him that it's just, it just like to me, when you, he, he kind of, he's, he, it's, he's worse at this level than Shaq was at a young age. Remember back in the day when Shaq, when people were always questioning mm-hmm. Shaq, like, was he trying to actually be a great player? Or was he just wanted to be a rap star in a movie and have a movie career? And it's kind of the same thing, but I think it's worse because I think Shaq just was just at a whole nother level than even Joel Embiid is. But Joel Embiid has a lot of that, that it's just like, Dude, are you are you there all the time? Like, do you have the heart to want to be a great player? Do you have a heart to just want to carry this franchise on your back? He says it. He talks a good game, but I don't really believe it. And that's why I'm glad you mentioned a, a young Shaq, because that's what I was thinking as far as his personality and his demeanor. But to me, I was going to ask you a question. That sounds like it's a coaching issue, because when Shaq got with a good to great coach, things happen and, and, and shit changed and he won titles. To Ken's point, it, we I don't want to over – I'm all about calling out executive boards and, 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 and people at the higher-ups when it comes to how the team is doing because we always come at the players, but it's not always on the players. Brett Brown is a big issue, y'all. I, I don't think y'all really understand how much talent he's probably squandered, how many – wrote the, the pieces that we've talked about in Philly throughout the years, we don't know if, what they could have been or could have done. FIFA, you was fighting for Markel Foles not to get traded, and now – it, it, it just seems like he's an afterthought now. So it's just, it's like, I feel like if they got a good to great coach, particularly, you know, my favorite coach to mention anytime we talk about a coaching hire is Mark Jackson. I think he would be great to mentor and get whatever the hell is out of Ben Simmons 
out of that, get him to shoot or whatever, get Joel Embiid in line, and then figure out the, the right rotation. Because obviously, again, he knows how to coach young talent, how to develop young talent. We've seen it. He cre- he helped create a dynasty in Golden Ooh, State. They're trying to win titles, though. Yeah, and, and, and you know what, Nick? There's no coach that can get this rotation right because the pieces aren't right. So it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, the rotation part about it is irrelevant because the pieces are not right for the both of well, these Well, it's a long, I'm talking exist. about a long term. I ain't talking about right now. They, I'm not saying they're going to win right now, but give them a, 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 a Tom Thibodeau contract, five years, see what he could do in the first two. If they need a trade, they got a trade. Right. I, I just, I, I think that Elton Brand being the guy that he is and, and the forward he is, he could be working with Joel Embiid too. I, I mean, he played, he was a, a great forward. He was a great post player, period. And he played so center. See, yeah, I don't I don't see why he's not spending time with Joel Embiid. I would and that would be my personal project. That's why I say he deserves some blame too. Also trading the rate uh Landry Shamet. We don't mention that enough. But I think him under JJ, I I'm back on that again. I'm sorry, y'all. But him under JJ, that was your next shooter. Landry Shamet was gonna be nice. Now he's out there in that mix up in uh with the Clippers, but that dude, could, that dude could stroke that thing, and I think he was about to come into his own if he had stayed in Philly. One hundred percent. Let's be let's be real, man. The, the downfall of the Philly of the of the Sixers were when when my man was out here having burner accounts talking shit about people <laughs> instead of G, instead of GM in the franchise, bro. When 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 uh when uh old boy got caught and then lied about it. That was just the it just they just started going downhill from there. It was just all downhill from there. They brought in Elton Brand. Elton Brand has done nothing but exasperate the situation even more. Um, they just got a lot of pieces that just don't fit. They you know and and, and also Philly tried to get too cute. They drafted Ben Simmons. Oh, he's a point guard instead of just saying he's a point forward. He's a power forward who can play point guard and can run an offensive set. No, he's a point guard. You know, we're just going to go out here and masquerade a 6'10 Ben Simmons as Chris Paul. And he wasn't that. They just tried to get too cute. And I think that now, I think you're seeing the chickens come home to roost when it comes to come home to the Sixers. Yeah. And in spite of all that, there were a couple of bounces away from the, the damn finals. <laughs> That's true. Not to the finals, the Eastern Conference finals. Okay, Eastern Conference finals. But, 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 you know, uh, Ken, and, 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 and that just shows how great Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are because obviously they carried that team to that point. But at the end of the day, it, it just, it does not fit. It does not fit. And, you know, it, well, well, here's the thing. I'm not saying that they don't fit. I'm just saying that what they have as in totality does not fit. And I, I don't think, think they fit either. I don't think they fit either. I, I, I think it's an odd couple. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I think you can make it work. You can make it work. And, and Manny, I, I love the fact that you brought up the, um, you know, when Ben Simmons was drafted, oh, he is the point guard. You know who else that was like too when he first got into the league? LeBron. Paul Silas started LeBron the first game at point guard. He said that he is the point guard. And what happened about five games in? No, 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 no. He's not, he not the point guard. He's a guy that has point guard ability. But it does not right. mean that you are the point guard. Because look, man, I, look, and y'all already know, I don't play point guard. Point guard, you have to be able to shoot at some level. Mid-range out. And you don't have to be a deadly three-point shooter, but you have to have the ability, the threat. And the, the person I always bring up is Tony Parker. When Tony Parker first got into the league, the man that had no jump shot, all he did was that spin move and that floater in the lane. And he led all guards for like two or three years with points in the paint. But guess what? The San Antonio Spurs did not become the dominant juggernaut that they did until he could hit that pick-and-roll jump shot with Tim Duncan. 
And once he was able to hit that, there was no way that you were going to beat them. And I'm not saying, again, with Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons ain't got to beat J.J. Reddit. Ben Simmons ain't even got to beat Josh Richardson. But Ben Simmons needs to take jumpers. There needs to be a pick-and-roll situation with him and Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid rolls to the basket instead of going to the three Just be Rodney Stuckey. Just be Rodney Stuckey. Just be something. <laughs> just, 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 <laughs> just, just have some ability to put the ball in the hoop, man. You know another player? Just something. You know another player that Ben Simmons needs to look at? Blake freaking Griffin. Blake ain't coming to the league being a three-point shooter or even a decent free-throw shooter. And over the last five seasons, we've seen, hey, you can't leave the man open. You, hey, I'm not saying that we got to go run out here and defend him and, and, and face guard him at the three-point line. But if the ball gets a rotation and he's in that corner or, he, or wherever on the three-point line, he could make that shot now. He's not a liability on the free-throw line anymore. And, 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 and that, to me, is the biggest reason why Joel and Ben Simmons don't work. So, again... Either you get the pieces around and you get in Ben Simmons' head and Joel Embiid's head, Joel Embiid for leadership and maturity, Ben Simmons to just shoot the damn ball, or you make the decision and choose a play style. Uh, Speaking on another player that possibly their development may be taking a step back, uh, Zion. Uh, we know that they're out of the. Man, what we gonna shit on Zion about this week? I'm not. I'm just. I just want to have a conversation on Zion. <laughs> not more so about him. So what negative things we gonna say about? It's Zion? not more about him, even though he his health is a concern. But how the Pelicans are using him, I feel like the whole bubble was an excuse to get the Pelicans back into the playoff race, and, and possibly and and I don't know if it's a coaching or Redick, it's, pissed. Who is it? Who's the blame? Is the coach or is the higher ups? They just want to protect the talent, like higher ups. Higher ups. Yep. Look, I, I I talked about it on my last episode that I did. I I get why everybody's mad at the Pelicans, but I also understand what the Pelicans are doing. The Pelicans look at it like, look, we got again. There goes that that phrase again. Once in a generation, type talent. Yes. Are we really going to expose this talent to possibly get injured, or possibly set us back another three, four, five years? For what? To get destroyed in the first round by the Lakers? Like, what, what, what do we gain out of that? What do we gain out of that? Let's be, let's be real. The Pelicans should have never been invited to this bubble. Like, let's just be real. They, like, they, they should have never been. We know why the NBA did it. The NBA did it for money. Absolutely. So that's, but they, they never should have. This was, a, this year, the Pelicans needed to, this was going to be a successful year for the Pelicans if they came away knowing what they had in Brandon Ingram, knowing what they had in Lonzo Ball, and knowing what they had in Zion Williamson. I think to a to to varying degrees, I think they succeeded in that. I think they at least two or three two or two of those three names, they know what they have. I think they know what they have in Brandon Ingram. Obviously he's flourished into a star or a borderline star, a star in New Orleans. And then I think that they know what they have in Zion. Lonzo's a little bit more of a question mark. But that was this that was the barometer. They got pigeonholed into this into the spot of being in contention because they they got out to such a good start. You know they played they played so hard they played so well without Zion. And when Zion came and he was unleashed for those first couple games before the before the uh, before the outbreak, that everybody kind of got this this delusion that like oh yeah the Pelicans are going to be a contention a contender. They should have never been in this bubble. And I think that what um what the GM is doing is like yo what are we playing for? Are we playing for an eighth seed or are we playing for a potential championship two three four years down the line? 
And if that's theirs, if that is their philosophy, then I'm not sure I can blame them. Yeah, I, I, I understand the business move, you know, um, of putting them in there because Zion is money. He moves the needle. But I agree with you. They never should have been there at all. And the organization blew this whole thing, um, you know, by being powers and afraid to play Zion in the first couple of games, regular minutes. But, but let me ask you this, though, Ken. When, when, when you look at Zion physically right now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to play that man 25, 30 minutes either. Why? Correct. Be- because, and Shannon Sharp said this like about a week ago. Because he built like Johnny Bravo? That, but, you know, Sh- Shannon Sharp, I, I don't, have you seen Shannon Sharp? That man still is, Shannon yeah, Sharp still, yeah. and Shannon Sharp has been, you know, in football locker rooms with 300 pound plus players. And you know when you see 300 pounds plus, because when Zion is in shape, he looked like he already 300, damn near 300. And now yeah. you could just, there's no definition. And he's still able, like, athletically, he was touched by God, just like LeBron. But you don't want to put that type of stress and pressure on those joints of Zion when he already has so many issues and he's so young. And the future of this organization is so much on his shoulders. Because he is the guy that's going to put you over the top. From the business perspective in the NBA, we saw at the beginning of the year, how many primetime games did the Pelicans have? And them boys was a damn lottery team. And they had primetime games. They so had a lot of primetime games. A lot of primetime games. Zion right. missed that. They missed the money already with Zion. They, they can't, they can't not, in, not invite the Pelicans in Zion. That's a bad, at the end of the day, Ken, it's two-sided. There's a basketball side, but there's a business side. And I know you that said that business. you understand the business side. If you, if you truly understand it, there's no way that we cannot invite these guys. You have to. You have to. There's no I other way around it. I, I, I shouldn't have been. Yeah, have to. But I, mean, I, I, I agree. I agree with Manny and Ken. They 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 shouldn't have been. I mean, team wise, they shouldn't have been there. But yeah, business wise, it makes, it makes completely sense. It makes completely sense that why Pelicans got invited there. But I don't exactly basketball wise, I agree with you. They, yeah. Hell yeah. no. Yeah. They, no, they yeah. shouldn't no, have been that yeah. wasn't about basketball. That was about that was about the it's money. About money, and, yeah, about money. And, and box office, which Zion is. Zion playing means the world. But I'm disappointed in Zion. I'm disappointed in him because I felt like this restart. You know, they showed him in the gym, and I was showing all this stuff, and I'm thinking, okay, now we get to really see what he can do a little bit. You know, of course he's gonna be raw still because he's raw, but at least he's in shape because they showed him yep. cut up, looking, working out. So I'm thinking we're gonna get a different person, but we got that same body that we had from Duke. We got the same body we had from Spartanburg Day in high school. So he looks worse. Like, he does look worse than Duke. So it's kind of like, man, where's the progress? I can see if he was just your average everyday player. This is a person who the league is banking on being the next LeBron. LeBron as far as carrying the league. And he just ain't showing it to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and like I said, I don't expect him to be doing, you know, he, he. I'm not saying he should be scoring 30 points, but the man should be averaging a double-double. There's no reason he shouldn't be able to get 10 rebounds in the game. And he, he, but look at his that. numbers, though. His numbers are... Play him. Thank you, man. His, his, his numbers are phenomenal. When you look at his per-minute averages, like, his numbers are incredible. Look, I, 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 this is what bothers me, and I know people are going to say I'm a, I'm a homer because he went to Duke. The problem with, with Zion is that everybody has an opinion, right? Like, oh, he should look like this, or his body size should be like this. Can we just probably come to the realization, like, he's never going to be... 
in the LeBron physique. Like he's probably always going to be this. This is what probably makes Zion Williamson what he is, what his greatness, his, his like FIFO said, touched by God. Like the fact that a man that's six eight could be three hundred pounds and is in and, and and something like that, right? Whatever, six five, six six, whatever. Mm-hmm. To be 280, 290, whatever. That that in itself is a gift from God. The fact that he could be as athletic, as dominant, as explosive as he is at that size, like to me, I don't think you why would you even tinker with that? Like I know everybody's because, saying that his body yeah. doesn't look right and his body doesn't do this and his body he shouldn't he's carrying too much weight for six five. But you know what? Maybe we just have to come to the realization that that is what Zion is going to be for his entire career. Like that is what God blessed him with that body. Well, like, not but that's that's not here's the here's the thing with that though. I, I agree with you. If it shoot, but if he was two eighty, I would take that right now. The fact that he's as big as he is, and and I'm like you, I watched him. You know, I watched this kid in high school even because I'm from the Carolinas. He, I'm from South Carolina, by the way. He, um, he just he's just too heavy, man. And 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 yes, he's he's blessed by God, and he has God. Well, who says he's? But who? But but how do we know he's too heavy? Who because says that he's too heavy? Him, watching him labor up and down the court watching him give out. You know what I'm saying? I'm watching this man lose his breath and not be able to handle it, not be able to rebound or go after loose balls because he's too tired. I can see it. I see it on him. Mm. I don't see the, the energy and the effort that he has in him. Like, we saw this player at Duke. Like I said, he's not even that person anymore. So he does have another gear. He got another level. And I'm not comparing him to anybody else. I'm comparing him to himself. I just feel like if he was a little lighter, if he was in better shape, forget, let's even forget the, the little lighter part. If his cardio was to on point, this man would average a double double. I don't, you know, his points are there. He scored twenty five points the other day, but I watched those seven rebounds. This man missed about. I saw about four or five rebounds that he should have had, but, but he just didn't have the energy to get. To those be rebounds. fair, Shelton. To be fair, his whole entire season has. I mean, basically, his whole entire calendar year from summer league last year mm-hmm. to now, right, has been stop, start, stop, start. Right. Summer league played or got injured at the beginning, played, played that one. I think he played like that one game. Then he got hurt. Then they shut him down. Right. Then mm-hmm. misses what the first two months of the season plays, then COVID happens. Then he goes into, then the NBA restart happens. Then he has a fa- quote unquote family issue. Then he leaves a bubble. Then they got a quarantine. It's just, it's just been this like constant stop and start. Yeah, so I don't it's think it's lot. fair. So I don't think it's fair to evaluate Zion in, in like, Oh, he's not in shape when the conditions to get him in shape haven't been there. And the only the only the only thing I say about that is this is Zion. And when when you have a player of Zion's caliber, just like on any sport or any level, if you're a number one player like that, like you're a top tier, you're an A-lister, you you set the tone, which means everybody, including the NBA themselves, should be saying, Hey bro, we need to get you together because you you my moneymaker. That's that's all on them. That's all on that's on everybody. He should have been, even during quarantine, somebody should have been in that man's house training him every day. Something, you know what I'm saying? I, I think he's more, he's more than just a basketball player. He's not your typical player. He's one of the top top five most important people in the game right now. I'm not saying best player or none of that stuff. I'm just saying as, as far as the league is concerned and what he means value-wise to the NBA, he's top five. Take care of those. Those guys need to be taken care of. Him, LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Those people who we mentioned, um, those guys, they should be on another level. And and there's no excuse for him to not be in shape. Other than the fact, now, if he's hurt. Oh, man. 
yeah, that's that's one thing. But but Manny and Shelter, you said something too. Like, I here here's my here's my take on Zion. And, and Manny, I agree with you. When when you are a top level athlete, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. That like you can't get any rhythm. Sports is all about rhythm, physical, mental, sport, in game rhythm. It, like your whole thing, it's about um when you wake up, what you're eating, your route. Your practice, everything is about a rhythm. And Zion has not had that rhythm to start his career. But I, I don't have to be a nutritionist or a damn doctor <laughs> to understand that he is not in basketball shape. And I, if for, if for very valid reasons, right? The stop, start, this, that, and the third, whatever. He's naturally big. He's naturally big. And, and I agree with the fact that he doesn't have to look like any particular person to be great. Right. Like he doesn't have to look like LeBron to be as great or better or even worse than LeBron, because we've seen players like James Harden doesn't always look like in the best physical. He's not cut up. Mm -hmm. Carmelo, one of your best or one of your favorite players, Nick. And and he was one of my favorite players, too. Like he, he, he never looked like the most physically dominant guy. But those guys were in enough shape to dominate basketball. And Zion, to the naked eye, you don't even have to be a basketball fan to see that he cannot give maximum effort. And maximum effort doesn't mean that you have to be in maximum shape. It means that you need to be in the best basketball shape that you can be in. And he's not even in that for obvious reasons, but for some unobvious reasons as well. First and foremost, whatever the diet is needs to be tweaked. Because I could look at, he looked like me, bro. I ain't never playing the NBA. You see this right here? I, I, every day I say I'm going to work on this. But I, 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 they ain't paying me millions to go run up and down a court. You know what I'm saying? They're paying him. He is signed to Jordan brand. You are going to be, him and Luca are the face of the Jordan brand now. There are expectations that come with being the number one pick. There are expectations when you are touched by God to maximize what, he has given you when we look at LeBron and the reason why LeBron in year 17 can still do what he does is because he invests into what God gave him. And what I'm saying with with Zion, it does not seem that the priority is investing into the body. And again, I'll give him some leeway because I understand all that. And I'm not saying that this year that he needs to look and do this. Okay. We get it. Pandemic, this, that, whatever. Okay. But coming up next year, body needs to look better. I'm not saying he got to go look like LeBron. I'm not saying he even got to look like KD. He ain't got to look like Kawhi or PG or none of these other guys. He need to look like the best version of Zion. We don't know what that is because we have not seen it. And I think it's crazy to see, like you mentioned, Manny, his per-minute stats. And you're not even at 100% of your own self? He has to get, and we don't know what that looks like, but he has to get to 100% of what Zion Williamson can do physically. And once he does that, then we can truly evaluate him. But I know this, he is box office. When you watch him, even at this weight, some of the stuff he's able to do, it's like, bro, it's ridiculous. You know, but you got to be able to, even when you have that much more than everybody else, you still got to, maximize it because you know what it doesn't last forever but you got to be able to prolong it and if you don't maximize it he's going to be a great player for maybe three or four years and then he's going to flame out instead of being a guy in the lebron category 17 years we're still talking about he an mvp and and that for me it's just more about i don't i was critical of zion earlier 
I've changed focus now as far as like he is a really talented best player in the draft ish. You can go John Morant, but yeah, best player in the draft. But my thing is like when I hear people talk about him and be like, bro, this is just who he is. This is his way. Like he's already gotten this far that already. I'm like, what other rookie throughout NBA history or just young player in general do we say he good for what he is right now? Let him do him. Or like he don't need to improve on in a certain area that we clearly all see from my eyes, FIFA eyes, Shelton, and a lot of other media pundits, that he the weight is an issue. If Shannon Sharp, who's the you know what I'm saying most physically uh at his age, best shape of his life, can say and who's been in multiple locker rooms to say, like, bro, this dude need to get it together. Like, we've seen this happen with Charles Barkley. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where weight can right. be an issue as far as gameplay. So right. to tell a young guy just to cut his weight up because we know his potential, I don't think that's too much to ask. You know what I mean? Like it's just it, it, it's not too much to ask, but I do feel like the weight thing has become almost too much of the conversation now. Like it's become like every day. It's just like, a, like I'm surprised I don't have somebody trying to get into the bubble kitchen to see what Zion's eating for breakfast. Like just to, <laughs> just to try to report that on TNZ, like, like enough. Like, I don't think we've ever seen a rookie that came into the league where like his, the constant focus has been body, body. What's your body look like? Why does his body don't look like it's game 25. Why does his body don't look like this? Like it's too much. Like, He's a rookie. He's still 19, 20 years old. I mean, he's still a baby. I mean, he's right. still a baby. I mean, he's probably still carrying on that, that baby fat. Now, you want to talk about – now, you want to bring this up year three, year four, when he's 23, 24. Okay, why hasn't this changed? We still see this as a problem. Okay, granted. But in year year one, that it – that and he's had these stops and starts, that's my issue, that I feel like the, the weight – has become too much of a thing, where it's become too much of a narrative that people want to assign to. I, I agree hundred percent. It's it's the same title thing every time. Like we never talk about like we never rarely ever talk about his game. It's no. about his weight. And it's just like, all right, we we get it. Like we gotta give this guy time. Like it's a bunch of conjecture, a bunch of speculation, a bunch of guesses. It's like, all right, man, we we understand it now. The stops and starts, it's always the weight and not the circumstances, the organization not letting him play, him going away from family and not, like, having a chance to practice and get into game shape, those sort of things. Like, it's, it's, but, all, it's, it's never... But you know how you quiet all the pundits? Get in the shape, be the best version of you, and go out here and dominate the way that everybody it. knows that you but can dominate. But the like the man, the man put up twenty five and seven. Like he's playing but well. And enough, no, 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 but, 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 but you, thank you. No, no, but 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 you understand though. He put up twenty five and seven, looking like this when he should be putting up fifty and twenty five. Because that because yeah. that is what Zion can do. Damn, that's what, that's what Chamberlain numbers. What the what the Because Manny brought Rex. up the permanent numbers. When you <laughs> look up, when you look at, at, at per 36 <laughs> and, 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 and what Zion is actually doing, he could put up Will Ch- And I'm not saying he's going to average that. I'm not saying he's going to average 50 and 25. But mm-hmm. Zion has the potential to do that. Yeah. What? He I was going to say, I know we just spent like just, 10 minutes talking about his weight and his body. Because, that, because, that's, because what, that's a hindrance that's to his greatness. It's not. That's, 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 it's a narrative. It's a narrative. Nigga, like, no, what the fuck are we talking about here? No, He's no, done all real. this stuff, and all season long, people have talked about his weight. Because, I, because you him, guys, Shelton and FIFO, spent here all this time arguing with Nick about how dominant he was, how dominant he is, with all of this. 
And we just spent all this time talking about his fucking weight. Because it's an issue. It's not an issue. It is, it is an issue. Yes. yes, it is. It's an it's issue, an but it's an issue that's been blown so over the top and Man, out of listen. proportion listen. that now it's it, me, it's, it's uh, almost I gone disagree. out of the so, so before you go, hold on. So let me let me pose this question. So do you think we're getting the best version of, of Zion at this weight? I don't know. I don't no. know. I'm not an There's expert no to say that I know that we're getting the best version out of Zion. I, maybe, you, I'm not saying you're wrong, people. All I'm saying is I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't and like I started, yeah, yeah. I don't got to be no nutritionist or doctor to know that if you're lighter, you're quicker, you're more explosive, you have better stamina. Yeah. Go ahead, Sean. That, those, those, that's what I was going to say. The couple things that I'll say, the only reason I'm mentioning this weight now more so than ever is the last game was a microcosm of him being out of shape and how it affected everything that they're trying to do. They, they were staying, hanging in that game and they had a chance to come back and win it, but he was gassed. You could tell he was gassed. And once again... I saw him watch them lobby the ball over his head, rebounding above him, which that ain't Zion. That ain't who he is. I mean, yeah, he had seven rebounds, but seven rebounds from him to me is like, that's like nothing. This guy should average a double-double. That's what I'm looking at more than anything else. And, yeah, he's a rookie, but to whom much is given, much is expected. This, this is not – they're not looking at him like the typical rookie. He's supposed to be the heir apparent to LeBron. And I don't mean, once again, he's not going to play like LeBron, but he is the heir apparent. So I expect this guy to average a double-double right now. He has that skill set. He, if he he's didn't in, have the talent to do it, I wouldn't hey, I wouldn't be saying it. He's in year one in a stop and start. I mean, how many games has officially – how many games has he played? Probably 20, 30, 30, 30. I mean, so essentially we're grading him on a curve of 30, let's say 40 games. 40 games in a stop and start season where you have a global pandemic to lights of which we've never seen in our lifetimes like that. That I mean, how many how do you know that in all these months that we were basically quarantined, he couldn't go to a gym? Now, I know what people will say. Oh, he's a rich NBA athlete. He could probably hire a trainer. Sure. But there's nothing like being in, quote unquote, game shape, like actually going out there and playing basketball, getting that under your feet every single day. There's nothing like it. And I just think the problem I think with Zion is that he's such a unicorn. He's this just this thing that we've never seen before. He's an alien, literally. I know people call LeBron an alien, but Zion is literally an alien. We've seen nothing like him before that I think he was just dropped on the NBA world and people don't know what to do with it. They don't know what language he speaks. They don't know what he should eat. They don't like he's basically fucking E.T. Like we don't know what like what to do with this thing. So everybody's offering conjecture like Shannon Sharp. Like I respect that Shannon Sharp is this guy in his 50s that's in great shape, but he's also a football player for him to sit there and try to, you know, to, to try to dissect. Well, he should be body types are different. You know what I'm saying? You You can't compare. A, a, a football player in his shape to a basketball player's player shape, like or a baseball player, or a hockey player. It's just the training, the regiment, the discipline. Everything is just different. So I think that everybody's offering these theories and these conjectures, and nobody really knows. Like nobody knows. That's my point. Um, moving on to someone we do know, or someone we should know, Devin Booker. I think mm-hmm. Manny, you mentioned earlier the Sun. I just look at the they six and zero since the bubble has started. They're on, they're they're he buckets. They are on the heels. Oh, they're gonna have to start listening to us about Devin Booker, man. They years ago, B years, years ago. ago, we was talking about this is the guy. This is why the y'all always out of that though. 
They just like they like they just they just like tags. They just like that's the duo. I never really say They always yeah, like, I always wonder that. Too. You know what I'm saying? Is it proof is in the Maybe place? Y'all just talked about it more. Among you know what I'm saying? We just look me and FIFA. Show my nigga care some love. I it wasn't around. No, because Ken can attest to this. Ken knows. That I've been, I've been, you know, You're just you a secondary source here with the progress. <laughs> what you say? I would say y'all leave my nigga Ken out like nah, he ain't here, man. I let him shine. No, nah, no, nah. I mean, cause Ken know. I mean, people to Ken would know. Like I've, I've, I've been high on Devin Booker for a while, man. It's just, he just. I, I hope we get, we get a chance to see playoff Dev Booker, or at least kind of have a play-in game where he, can, where he can kind of display his skills to the world because, you know, he's been with the t- Phoenix squad that been barely winning, you know, 20, 30-some games, not going to the playoffs, so we haven't been able to see Dev Booker. So I'm glad now with all the eyes on the NBA, Devin Booker is balling out, and it's like, well, he's been doing that. It's just the mm-hmm. fact that they've just been losing. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and low-key, Aiden is looking to, to be a good – you know, panning out to be a that, good that big too. fella for them too, man. Like I said he, that too. So, yeah. yo, I want to give a shout Ken, out. Ken was high on Aiden. Ken was very high on Aiden. He, he saw him. He saw the great. <laughs> he, he said, "Yo, want your scraps, bitch?" <laughs> oh no. Go, go ahead, FIFO. Go ahead. He ain't gonna give him. He ain't gonna give him credit for Booker, but he gonna give him credit for Aiden. Okay. Yeah, I gave him. You know, because Ken, no, Ken was definitely. Ken was preaching Aiden when 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 Ken was like, "Yo, man, Aiden, that that dude, I see some special in that kid." So yeah, he's looking. He's he's panning out that way. What was you about to say, FIFO? I just want to give a shout out to uh, QGNR in the chat. He said, yeah. Beige Kobe. I agree. I agree. And, and, and you know what? I think oh, he has more to come on, bro. It's, it's in the down. same calendar hey, year, hey, bro. Hey, hey, it's too hey, soon, bro. It's hey. too soon. We'll be back after this quick break. Do, do, hey, shout I don't mind you talking to the wait, chat, wait, wait, but don't be speaking no bullshit on this show. I, I, didn't, I didn't say that. I'm saying that that's I understand. Don't repeat it. Nigga, leave it there. Don't repeat it. Yeah, like you said something great. Like, nigga, nah, leave it in there. I, I, we got, I, we got, we got to slow the roll on that one. Hold the fuck on now. Hold the fuck on because Kobe is one of Devin was one of Devin Book, Booker's mentors. That's fine. And when Kobe, did you see the game he put up? Also, did you see Trey Young? Like, like Kobe was mentoring a lot of young guys in yeah. the league. That's fine. And, and when you look at the Mamba mentality and who it's permeated. Devin Booker's one of those guys. Okay. And we're starting, like, to B's point, now that the spotlight is just on this bubble, we're seeing that. And I'm not calling the man Kobe. I'm not saying he's He just he's said Kobe. he was beige Kobe. I'm, 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 saying, I'm saying he's a descendant of Kobe. He's uh, a Kobe lineage. He a bastard child. He a bastard child. Let's slow that down, man. Like, I ain't trying to call him that, but I'm going to call him beige Kobe. I'm like, not, what does that mean? Hey, what does what, that mean? What I, what I mean is he got mamba mentality. What I mean is that man ain't scared of nobody. What I mean is, is that when the, when the, when the game is on the line, he going to take that shot. He don't give a, he don't so, care so about who. Kobe. <laughs> <Age> Kobe, <laughs> yeah. the, only, the only thing with that. He's going to be, oh, he's gonna be this, this generation. Hey, Kobe. The only thing, I, only, uh, you know, the reason why I wouldn't, because he doesn't play defense like Kobe. No, he don't. If you if you if he's on that elite level of defender as like Kobe was, you know. But so he's probably not a slouch though. Can we win a first round series first? That's what I'm saying. Right. That's the first round. Hey, Kobe airballed two balls in the playoffs too, man. Now you say all I'm saying. It takes time to become a legend. This is why we don't mention never. It takes time to become a legend, and all I'm saying is. Devin Booker is on the path to greatness. That's all I'm saying. You can and, say that. And I, but beige okay. Kobe? 
Beige coach? He'll get there. He'll get there. And ladies oh, and gentlemen, this is why we there. don't mention Devin Booker that much on the show because people start hollering. Come on, bro. He's co- can we? Come yeah, on, can bro. we? Can we? more Kobe hey. beef than Kobe Bryant. No, 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 not at all. All, all I'm saying, all, what I'm saying is this: if we're naming like top players under 25, Devin Booker's in the top two. No, look, absolutely. Look, I, I mean, bro, you just, you just been, saying, just saying shit right now. Where y'all rank them in shooting guards? It's the top shooting guards in the league. Where y'all rank them? Uh, top three. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's. I think he's behind James Harden. So yeah, James Harden, then Dev Booker. Yep. Y'all forgetting Maybe Clay? Somebody better. Clay. Oh, I, I rate. I rate. I rate Booker over Clay. I've always ranked. What? Yes. Yep. Me and B. Yeah. Me and B. Agree on that. Yeah. Manny. Y'all smoke oh, Manny. Yes. Manny. This is why. Manny. This is why I don't bring hey, up Devin Booker. Manny. Because they start hey, hollering about hey, this Manny. other goofy shit. Hey, Manny. Nah, bro. Manny. Clay doesn't. Clay doesn't get separation like Booker does. Nope. The man scored 60 team. points. The man scored 60 points in an NBA in, in a four-quarter NBA Booker game scored, on 11 Booker, 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 Booker scored 70. Booker scored 70. 70. What else you got? Oh my God, man. What three championships? Three championships? All-world defender? All-world defender? Look at his supporting cast. He playing with game, 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 game six in Oklahoma City in 2000 uh in 2016. Look when, when the Warriors did do that. I guarantee you, oh if, you put Clay, if you put Clay on that same Phoenix Suns team, we'd be saying the same thing about Clay. Clay ain't got no playoff. Clay ain't Me. got shit. You got to as far as game. Booker's game is better than Clay's. His whole I don't, game. I don't, I don't know what you're drinking on. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Manny, I'm going to target you. Let me ask you this. Who's a better passer, Booker or Clay Thompson? Booker. Who's a better dribbler to basketball, Booker or Clay Thompson? You better not say Booker. Clay. Yeah. Booker. Who generates their their who's better off the dribble? Booker or Clay Thompson? Booker. Okay. Does that make him better? Does that make him The only thing that Clay got on Devin Booker is defense. That's the only thing. Defense, better shooter, intangibles, 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 intangibles. You know that. Intangibles. You know that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just hold on, hold on. The, uh, Clay Thompson's a better catching shooter. Oh my God! Hey, man, I'm out, man. Come on. I'm out, dog. That's, I'm out. Out. That's too now. Come I'm on, out, come on now. No, I let there, you slide. I let you. I let you slide on the beige Kobe comments. B, B, B. I, I gotta go to B. B. You know that there's a difference in shooting. Yep. Catching, shooting, and catching shooting off the dribble. the dribble. Booker can do both of them. Booker can do both of them. Exactly. Clay Thompson's not an off the dribble shooter. Not off the dribble shooter at all. No. It's man, games where man, Clay man. only take not even one dribble. Booker He's a ain't there shooter. yet, bro. That's all he does. He's a catch. He's not Clay, bro. He's not Clay. Clay is so I, underrated, I, I man. Is Clay Clay any day. Yeah. I no, he is no, no. Hey, Manny, he right, is underrated, but I'm yeah. still taking yeah. Dev Booker over Clay. skill for skill. I'm taking Dev Booker over Clay. One hundred. One hundred. Over Clay. Tyler. All I'm my issue with Devin Booker, and and I'll be, I'll admit, Devin I've been Booker would have those rings too if you swap both of them. Devin Booker would get those rings too. Okay, that's 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 a that's. That's fa- that's a fair discussion to make, I guess. But my thing is, like, with Devin Booker, right? I've been slow to the Devin Booker train because I always wonder with Devin Booker. Yeah, he puts up numbers, but is he one of these guys that puts up numbers on these, like, terrible teams? I like Kevin, Kevin Love. Love. 
Exactly. Right. So now we're seeing him producing what we would call big games, a big situation. And I'm glad that he's that is coming to light. Like the dude can ball. I'm, I'm not saying Devin Booker, but can he win a first round series for, before we start anointing him beige Kobe, before we start putting him on that pantheon with Clay Thompson? <laughs> I mean, like win a first round series, my guy, like just win. The first, I'm not even asking Get to the you playoffs. To, Exactly. Yeah, I was being nice. Get to the playoffs, but but win a first round series. Then we can have that discussion about. Right, Ken, what you got to say? What you got to say, Ken? No, let, I'm gonna let Manish finish. That's all I'm saying. Just win a first round series before we can before we start calling him beige Kobe. Beige Kobe. Beige Kobe. <laughs> Come on. Come First on. of all, sh- go ahead, my brother. Get it out. No, I'm just saying, shout out to the guy that made the comment in the chat. Thank you for the support, all that. But, but Beige Kobe, come on, man. Come on. It's the same calendar year, too soon. Come on, man. Both of you know basketball. And both of you know those Suns teams were terrible. Absolutely. So how the hell can you can you judge him on not making the playoffs if those teams were in there? We're not judging him. I'm not judging him based off of what the where he's been at. I'm judging him based off of where people are trying to annoy him, like you, like B, like you. You he said. ain't I said we I agree with Manny. He is a All great right. basketball player. But before we start moving him up the ranks, you gotta start producing him. My point is you can't hold that against them if those teams are not great. I'm not a, we've seen Kobe not get to the playoffs with a team as bad as the Suns have had. Yes. Facts, Manny, facts. So are you really comparing yeah, him to Kobe? I'm just saying. But, but we're giving, him, but we giving after, him credit. This is after he's won championships. I'm just saying, are y'all really trying to compare Kobe, him and Kobe? I, I'm no. saying that for you guys to say that can you get to the playoffs, can you win a championship game first, what I'm saying is that we've seen Kobe after winning championships with a bad team like Devin Booker has had not make the playoffs. So you're comparing him to Kobe as far as his career so far? I'm saying that you guys can't hold I'm, that I'm just asking him. the point. And I'm saying you guys can't hold that against okay. him. Can, can I – right? Yep. I'm just trying to get clarification. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to hold that against him, but let me say this. I'm not going to hold it against him, but let me say this. Clay Thompson is a two-way player. That says it all for me. Elite. He plays on both ends of the court. An elite two-way player at that. You're talking about an all-defensive player. So until he makes one of those first teams, we, we can't. he's an all-NBA player, you know, former all-NBA player. At that. And what year is Devin Booker in? What year? It don't matter. He ain't there yet. No, no, it, no, it, no, it one hundred percent matters so, so, because Clay so Thompson wasn't Clay Thompson until about year five or six. What year is so Devin Booker? Like three or four. I'm about to look, about to look it up right so, now. I'll so you think Devin Booker by year five is going to be on the all defensive team? I don't think Devin Booker is ever going to be the defender that Clay Thompson is. I'll give you and that. And that's the problem right there. No, but but right. but here's the thing. But Devin Booker's offensive game is so great. That to me, it makes up for how how much better Clay Thompson is defensively. Devin Booker offensively has zero weakness, zero weakness. This Booker's fourth season, fourth season. He th- th- this man has obviously three point range, mid range, off the dribble, catch and shoot, playmaking. He had a- everything that Clay does not have offensively. Booker has in abundance, in abundance. Clay Thompson is a catch and shooter. In abundance? In abundance. Ooh. You know what abundance means? I, way more, nigga. <laughs> way the fuck more. I'm going to shit for you. Way the fuck more. Devin Booker got way more right, outside of catching, shooting, offensively. Wait, what are you drinking, kid? Is that, is that, is that? <laughs> way that, more. That got to be something. I don't know. What way that. more. I will say this, though. If, if they were an eight seed, 
A played the Lakers. All right, bro. A might be a problem. All right. Oh, my God, man. I'm done. I'm Why done. Why not? Because the Suns are not as complete as the Portland Trailblazers. They got, they got, they got a, a guy that can play inside. They got Devin Booker. Who else they got? Good going. Yeah, they got it. Miles Bridges. They Ooh, got this, this dude named Johnson. Ooh. Nah, a dude named Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Look, Ken, realistically, outside of Devin, because Devin Booker, to me, in my opinion, is established or establishing himself in the NBA, right? He is established. And that's the only player. Like who? Who's their point guard? Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio is, is a decent point guard in the NBA. They got sorry. Andre Ayton is still establishing who he is in the NBA. They don't got nobody else, bro. And I love um the lefty uh from Washington, Kelly Oubre. But is he? Oh, is, he's hurt. He's hurt. He's he not hurt. even playing yeah. right now. Lightning. You know what I'm saying? So they don't have they don't have the requisite pieces to even push the Lakers. Now, granted, I think Devin Booker will go crazy. I think he'll average 30 some plus against because they're not going to be able to stop him. But you got to get the brooms out. 100%. 100%. If the Suns made it, they'll be lucky if they won one game, bro. Okay. They, they're, not ready, they're not ready for that. Well, well, B, I wanted to ask you a question because I think you, uh, Memphis has now lost enough games to where now the eight, nine type of the bubble has that little uh play-in game series yeah. with the eighth and ninth seed because the eastern conference they already got their seeds locked up so that doesn't worry about them but for that eighth well, and I, hope ninth, we, I hope we get that miami and, and indiana series too with uh tj versus butler i hope we get that in the east oh yeah yeah that's that's definitely dope too but who do you think as far as between the four teams that it's portland memphis san antonio and phoenix who would you like to see in that eight nine uh, play in series Portland and Suns. I thought my two favorite players I like watching right now is Dame and Dev Booker. So I want to see Portland. I want to see Portland and uh Phoenix. That's what I want to see. I want to see that. Even though, even though I, I do, I fuck with uh Morant though. I do. I would like to see him in his rookie season make it to the playoffs. But they just not playing good basketball right now. Um, and I just and right now too, like, I, just, I think he out for the season. I mean for the bubble. The bubble. Who? Uh, Jack, yeah. yeah. Who? Uh-huh. Jaron Jackson. Yeah, I think oh, Jaren, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So right now, I think Suns and, and Suns and Blazers would definitely be more exciting to watch for as far as that playing game, in my opinion. What about the rest of y'all? I agree with you. Because, because I think DeAndre Ayton, like I said, he's establishing. We all know Devin Booker. But DeAndre Ayton is establishing himself. I think this will be a good coming out party for him or – an opportunity to bury him and be like, what the hell the Phoenix Suns are doing? Even though I like DeAndre Ayton, but this will be his opportunity against one of the best players in the NBA to show why he belongs. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with uh, I'm with FIFO and uh, and I'll be on that one. I think uh, if you asked me this question before the bubble, I would have said Memphis, Portland, but I think mm-hmm. now I think Phoenix is, is 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 rising. I think they're taking advantage of the situation. So I think definitely Phoenix, Portland, and it'll be entertaining. You're seeing Dane versus with Booker. You get yeah, to see man. Booker on the big stage yeah. with the lights on bright to see how this this greatness truly flourishes. So <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. But I, but yeah, right now I would say. Uh, Portland and Phoenix. That would be nice to see, but it's it's probably going to be Portland and Memphis. And I want Portland in there just so we can see what we talked about and see if it's a shot for them to beat the Lakers at all, which I don't think so. I'd love to see Dame there. I mean, uh, I'd love to see uh, Devin Booker make it just because it's exciting basketball and watch them play. is good basketball, but I just don't think they will. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with – Pretty much the group, Memphis. I like Ja a lot. And, of course, um, 
you know, the son's uh, booker so he can finally be anointed as the beige Kobe <laughs> since he had made the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I agree with you for the majority of y'all. I think uh, Phoenix and, and uh, Portland would be a dope series. Uh, and I, but I, I will say that San Antonio, we can't leave them out. They're they're right there that no one's talking about them. I know they ain't got nobody, but they still but right there. <laughs> <laughs> they just got yeah. Pop, Popovich, the best player. <laughs> yeah. He is. He really is. I don't. But I'm just. I like to. We gotta acknowledge them. There's some San Antonio friend probably doing an Arsenio Hall right now <laughs> for the shout out. But uh, yeah, just I would like to see uh, Portland and, and and Phoenix. Now I wanted to address something that I said on the last episode. Mm. That uh, I got a lot of uh, Ken. They hit me up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 was, they damn near was following me. Goddamn! <laughs> I was looking around. I was paranoid. I have a question. I'm asking. I'm gonna ask myself. It, it says, Nick, why did you say Steph Curry can't get his own shot? Mm. Mm. I will say this. I want to say this first and foremost. I apologize. I shouldn't have said that. That was not what I. That was not well, what you I. Know what it, you know what it was. I sent you all that fucking evidence in the group chat. That's why you dialing back. I mean, all week. I sent you that real shit. I sent you that real shit. That's why you dialing back, brother. No, you should have started doing, with that. <laughs> people did send me some homework. I looked at it. I will say that Steph Curry can get his own shot. What I was trying to say is, I was listening to a Bomani Jones podcast the right time. And it was an episode that came out uh, July 23rd. And it, he had Vinny Goodwin on it. I like their combination and, and their chemistry. At the 44-minute mark, they had a conversation about superstars and Steph Curry. And basically, they were saying, like, which super, how many superstars are in the league that if just by their peer presence, they can give, you're, you're competing for a title. Mm. They, uh, Vinny said it's only about three to five. And he put Steph Curry on that list. Bomani was kind of a little hesitant on that. Because he was saying that my only problem with Steph Curry is that it's him getting his own shot. He can get his own shot if he shoots it from 40 coming across the line and he got six handles. But if you're going like, but if you're talking about go get a bucket, it, he said it basically takes a team effort for that to happen, which is what I was trying to elaborate on. But I did a poor job of it on the last episode. So he said it. it and even Vinny kind of went on his side and said, Lillard and Kyrie are different because you could tell him to get a bucket in a way that doesn't involve, he said, no disrespect to Steph, but trickeration. What do y'all feel about those comments? It's off. Because I, th- I think when you're talking about ball handlers in the, in the NBA, uh, the three best at, at getting their shot and trickeration and all of that is Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, and Kyrie Irving. I think that they're at different levels of how they do it, because I think the best one-on-one player out that that trio is by far Kyrie. You you put Kyrie on an island, it don't matter. You put four people on him. He's going to break down three of them and then make the layup on the fourth person. It don't matter with Kyrie. Dane, I think, is the... is is the midpoint between the two because Dame has a lot of point guard in him, but he's also a dominant scorer. And he does have that trickeration. I think that Steph Curry is more of a shooter than anything else. But when we're talking about finishing around the basket, he can get to the basket because you're on skates at 40 feet. Like, like as soon as Steph Curry looks up off the dribble dog, you're doing this. So I think that 
and also his finishing ability. Like that soft touch that we see from 40 feet, he has at the basket. Now, I'm not saying that he's as good as Kyrie finishing around the basket. I think Kyrie under six feet or under six five is the best finisher around the basket under yeah. un, under the rim. Really is. And I think that Steph is better than Dame. I just think Dame is more aggressive tacking the basket than Steph because Steph plays so far from the basket. But either one of those three players is great in their own right, and they can generate their own shot. And all three of those guys, like, 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 you, you're just you're, you're pulling hairs at this point. Like, like, we're just nitpicking. All three of those guys are amazing. And, and, and for somebody to say that, you, you, like, Steph Curry doesn't have trick or race to take it. What the, what type of basketball? What, what, what games are you watching? What games are you watching? And it's also too right. what the teams are asking you to do. Steph Curry doesn't have to attack the basket like that. Not saying he can't do it. It's just he doesn't have to. So I, 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 I disagree with you last week. I disagree with you now. And tell Bomani to come holler at me too. <laughs> <laughs> Manny, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I totally disagree. Um, Clay, or not Clay, Steph, uh, still on that Clay topic. Um <laughs> To me, Steph. To me, Steph is kind of similar to the Zion discussion in the sense that Steph has changed the way conventional basketball has always been played. That when that happens, we don't really know how to evaluate it because we've never seen anything like Steph. Right? Just literally the ability to just dominate and score from the perimeter at that clip at that rate, where you're literally having a guy pull up from 35 feet and just just hit all net like it's nothing, like it's just. Like it is sleep, right? So I think a lot of people, since we don't know how to evaluate it and, and we've never seen it before, we like you said, FIFA, we're just nitpicking, like, well, well, he don't well, he don't shoot from the left side that good, or or well, he don't drive to his left that like we're just trying to like we're just trying to nitpick every little thing. The fact of the matter is the dude has changed the way basketball has been played. He's won three championships, two MVPs, enough said. Oh man, Michael Porter Jr. Man, Jesus, people! This dude, oh, man. this dude here, man, steal of the draft. Trying to tell y'all, trying to tell y'all, my God! I Shelton. think he's one hundred percent right now from the field. I think he like five for five or four for four or something like that. Look, man, I, I was trying to tell y'all about Michael Porter some years ago in high school AAU ball. Look, I'm not saying again. I, I don't. I don't bat a thousand, but goddamn it, I know when I'm right. Michael Porter was one of those guys, man. Like he's just special. He's spe- he's offensively just special, and, and and at the size that he's at, with the agility and mobility that he has, he's a matchup nightmare. He he to me he's he's a more he's a more perimeter center, and and it sounds crazy, but like like the the, the person that I, I grade him against is Carmelo, but he's less physical than That's Carmelo. all great players, though. You know what I'm saying? That's just, that's just nah, how it is. Yeah. Right? I, I, I think he's up from the Carmelo I hope tree. he stay healthy. I hope, his back st- I hope his back stay up throughout his career. 100. You know, them back injuries, man. You, so, but you people, what's the year they're going to win a title again? In three to four? <laughs> You said five. I thought you said five. Hey, look, I'm not going to put a 100% date on it, but the way what they're doing... It's kind of like what, 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 the, what the Warriors did in terms of changing the perception of basketball. You got a seven-foot point guard, literally, and Joker. You got a, a, a seven-two small forward, and then you got like a six-ten shooting guard. 
I don't know. I don't know how you guard that. And it's not like these are all back to the basket mid-range players. All of these guys can play three-point line in or out. I, I just I don't know how you guard that. Most pandemic champs. Got to work on his defense, though. Hey, we got a, a, a super chat question from three one three JMO. Yeah, that's that's from the that's a D right there. That's Detroit right there. That got to be three one three. Why don't Harden get credit for changing the NBA with the step back or being unguardable like Kyrie? Because everybody questions his moves. And I don't know if everybody here is uh, aware of Devin in the lab, a big YouTuber, a basketball player, a can, uh, coach and all of that. Like, uh, um, what do they call him now? Trainer, basketball trainer. Dude's amazing. And even Filet, too, um, on IG, they break down James Harden. James Harden don't be traveling. Like, like, because you get, like, a half step on the gather. And the reason why he doesn't get a lot of credit is because everybody's always questioning, is it valid or not? With Steph Curry, we know that that 40-foot jump shot is valid. You can't deny the shot. You can't deny the shot. But you can question the moves. But to me, I've seen enough breakdown to validate what James Harden is doing to know that ain't nobody doing it like him. If we're talking footwork, Nobody in the game today has James Harden's footwork and, and, and leading to so many free throw opportunities, leading to so many easy buckets. Like, like, and, and then it's not just attacking the basket or in fast break. He does it in half-court situation. He does it on step backs. He, he does a lot of different stuff, but it's questionable. And because it's questionable, people don't want to give it credit or merit. Is he unguardable? Yes. Yes. It's, 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 it's funny, uh, you know, thanks for the question, but it's funny because that's kind of going back to a conversation we had a, a week or two ago about James Harden not getting credit for the Rockets' successes, mm-hmm. you know, and being looked at with the other upper echelon players, um, you know, when they do go out and beat great teams and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, so it's interesting that he said that. He said that. Do you think he changed? Go, go ahead. I'll just say, like, the I think the biggest measure that 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 we rate top players on is winning, mm-hmm. right? Even if you don't win a championship, right? Like not everybody's gonna win. But from the moment that James Harden was traded to the Houston Rockets, man, they did a winning franchise. Mm-hmm. When he was by himself, pre-CP3, with CP3, with Russell, it didn't matter who they put in or out. As long as James Harden's there, they are a playoff team. Yeah, he's he's had some yeah. some big failures, mm-hmm. but you know, he has changed that franchise and turned him into a a, a, a contender, 100. you know, in, in the West. So, um, so yeah. Um, what was going to be your question? What? I forgot. Um, <laughs> what, said, how did he change the game? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, about the step back. So, do you think he, he changed the game with the step back? Um, Would he get credit for that? Yeah, I'm nah, trying to think, because I don't think we've never seen no bone with a crazy like step that. back like that before. Not like yeah. that. Not like that. I don't think we've never – I mean, people do step backs, but not – yeah, James Harden, he just took that shit to another level where you'd be like, what the – I mean, he's done it in front of players that were much taller than him, and he just shoot – he just step back and shoot. Like, this is nothing. Like, dude, yeah. how the fuck are you for doing me, For me, changing the game, though, means people are trying to emulate and do what you're doing. Nobody's gotten to – nobody's still not trying to be James Harden yet. We still got people Luka trying does to it a lot. Lucas steps back. He does a step back jumper a lot. But it's different. It's different. And it's already yeah. part of Luca's game. I think I think for people to emulate James Harden, it's the 
um, between the, crazy the legs, dribbling, the yeah. crazy dribbling, yeah. and then the crazy euros. And and, and I Ginobili, think Ginobili kind of did that, but, but but it wasn't crazy. Like he introduced it to the NBA, but James yeah. Harden took it to a whole. It's not. It's not even close no more. Like only, first, but only like, because sometimes, sometimes with 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 the difference though with Ginobili. We never question if he traveled or not. Sometimes 100%. when Harden do it, we be like, nigga, is that a travel? Like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, we be questioning Harden Euro steps. But when yep. Ginobili was doing it, it was a smooth bank. Like, we never yep. we never questioned Ginobili's uh, Euro step. It never looked like a travel. But Harden yep. should be looking like, that nigga go from New York to L.A. Like, yep. yeah. Yep. So, Ken, <laughs> you know, you... But changing the game means people, people are trying to do that. And I, I still don't see people emulating his game like that. You know, but, what I'm but but no, I think I haven't. To, to me, James Harden is is like Big Crit, or not like Big Crit, but what the what the name means, King Remembered in Time. I think that while James Harden is playing, you're not gonna have many players come in and try to do what James Harden does. But I think James Harden will create babies down the road. So like when you're you know in your 90s and I'm in my 50s. Um, <laughs> we go, we go, we gonna see basketball players coming in with a similar skill set, but I don't think we're gonna see it while James Harden is playing. You got another question from the chat? Oh no, no, no! Yeah, they just talking about Harden. Um, good question. Appreciate it. So I was gonna switch gears a little bit, just and, and unless y'all got anything else I want to talk about basketball wise. Um, just this is the last thing I got for y'all. Well, college sports, we mentioned earlier in the show, we might touch on this big announcement. The Big Ten, and I believe the Pac-12, have officially canceled their football seasons. That's crazy. Um, What's even more crazy is that Nebraska within the Big 12 and other teams possibly in the Big, or I mean the Big Ten, other teams possibly in the Big Ten are maybe looking to go to another conference to play these games. SEC, so, I think, I think, they, I think SEC trying to recruit teams because SEC, like, we playing football regardless. Like, that, that's that's what it seems like. We was talking about that in the chat earlier. Yeah. This is like SEC don't care. They're like, look, we going to still have some football. Uh, you know, Clemson, if anybody want to come down and get down with the SEC, y'all can get down for a year. Heard of immunity. What's, what's, B, what's more shocking to you, that the Big Ten canceled their seasons or that teams in the Big Ten are still are willing to move conferences just to play this year. Willing to move conferences to play this year? Like, because I, I think Manny had brought it up in the chat earlier. I didn't know that Big Ten was the moneymaker in, uh, in college. Well, they control they control a lot of, I mean, you ever noticed a lot of the big commissioners that make I didn't a lot know of big decisions always in the yeah. Big Ten? I thought it was SEC. 10. I thought, I well, thought it was the South. I thought it was the well, South. Well, the SEC, from a from a gameplay perspective, obviously, no yeah. one's going to have a question that. But from a power perspective, I mean, you got Ohio State, you got Michigan, you got Nebraska. I mean, you got just big, I powerful. I still didn't know that, though. When you said that, yeah. I mean, so, I would have never thought Midwest I, football would have that power like you mentioned. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's I think it's just a lot of smoke, man. I, I don't, I don't see it happening. I think that once a major conference like the Big Ten says, "Yeah, we're just not going to play," I, I just don't see how any of these conferences could validate playing. Right. I mean, and then, and then you also get into like the the validity of the season. Like, so you're just going to have one yeah. major conference not play, and then you're going to have the SEC, Pac-12, and and, and ACC play. Like, how does that and work? Manny, exactly? And then, Manny, you got to factor in too. The TV deals, like all, like yeah. who's gonna have the TV rights when if Ohio State go down and play LSU? Like who has the TV rights for that? Like right. who gets the money yeah. for that? So you you're right. It is it is this is all smoke and mirrors, man. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think if they cancel their season, they're not gonna play. We're not gonna what, get a, 
a Big Ten or Pac-12. When does the NCAA step in when it comes to this COVID shit? Because as you can see, the the, the sports programs ain't going to give a fuck. However, we're still talking about kids at the end of the day playing these games because they, as they would call it, they're amateur athletes, so they're not professional. So we're going to call them kids. They're students. When do they come in? Because Booger McFarland this morning on Get Up, I heard he made a good point as far as like, how can I feel comfortable give, uh, letting my son play football when he can't even attend class? He can't even, you know, Max. be a, a normal college student on campus, yet you still want, like, how much are we really prioritizing these games? Right. It's about the money. It's about the money. College football is huge. And what, and what people don't understand is that college football is what funds all of these other collegiate programs. It's what funds the lacrosse team. It's what funds the swimming team, the tennis team. You know what I'm saying? College football is so big and so powerful that it funds literally all of the other sports for these schools. So these that, that, that's a huge for the Big Ten. Like people don't like. I think people don't really understand. Like for the Big Ten to say, "Yo, we just not gonna play. We just not chancing it." That's huge. Yeah, yeah no, nah, I, I, I knew something was coming down the pipeline when they first announced, like, "Oh, we're not gonna play any other conference. We're just gonna play within." I was think I thought that was surprising because again, I'm I'm, I'm from Cincinnati, so obviously Columbus is like a, less than two hours away. So Ohio State dominates. You know, Big yeah. Ten dominates. So. For them to cancel, I thought I was like, oh, okay, I'm expecting more conferences, big power five, you know, conferences to come through. But to see that they're not, I'm, that's why I'm asking the question. Like, the NCAA has to step in. Like, bro, y'all fooling it, on this shit. I think eventually they will. Because I think last night you saw the reporting that all the, the big conference commissioners were meeting. And I think there was a big, I think there was a big disagreement in the room. I think a lot of commissioners was like, ah, let's not cancel. Instead of playing 12 games, let's play eight games. You know, instead of playing eight games, play whatever. I, I think eventually... I think eventually, like I said, people would. I think if it's not the NCAA, I think all the other conferences will eventually be like, let's let's follow suit because it just it doesn't make any. Once a, it's one thing when it's the whack that decides they don't want to play football for the fall, <laughs> but when it's the Big Ten, like now you're really getting into a competitive validity. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like if the NBA decided to restart. Oh, we're just going to restart the Western Conference, but the Eastern Conference decided to cancel the season. Like what? How does that work? How does that work exactly? Um, yeah, I just think that eventually you're right, Nick. I think eventually the the the, the adults in the room, the 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 NCA bigwigs, are going to have to step in and say, "Yeah, nah, cut this out. Ain't no Ohio State playing in 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 the Pac-12. None of this is going to happen. We're just going to have to cancel the season, or at least postpone it." Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think they want to stay out of it, but. Um, but I haven't seen everything that you've seen, Manny. So I'm, I'm gonna go with what you're saying about you know the meeting and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I'm in total agreement. The fact that they canceled is really interesting to me because football is such a huge money maker. I mm-hmm. wouldn't imagine that they would give up that type of money. Especially Columbus, Ohio ain't got shit outside Ohio State. I'm going to let you know right now. I've been there plenty of times. Yeah, <laughs> it is a football too. school. Same point thing. Like Ann, Ann Arbor, same thing. Like, ain't shit to do out there. Like, Yeah. Theo Holmes uh, sent in a super chat and he asked, uh, he said the NCAA had months to figure this out and he asked, is the NFL to follow the answer is a resounding. The NFL might be salivating right now because they talking about we ain't got to compete with college football. Mm-hmm. That means the schedule's wide open. We I can mean, play they, games. They don't, any, they don't anyway, though, because college play on Saturdays. 
No, that's what I'm saying. But they can play football on Saturdays now. Well, the the and I saw a headline that said the NFL has been have been in discussion about playing on Saturdays this year. Yeah, I think uh, I think the NFL I think the NFL is happy from the perspective of trying to play on Saturdays, but I think this hurts the NFL too because the NFL draft is a big component of the NFL Correct. season, and now you don't have these players to evaluate. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, by the time the NFL draft rolls around next April, you're going to have some of these college kids that haven't played in a year, literally a year, so you don't even know what shape they're in. No, one hundred percent. But I, but I think that this is an opportunity for the NFL to capitalize. They can come in like Zion, huh? Shut up. <laughs> I, I, I think what the NFL can do, right, because obviously there's going to be kids that are going to be eligible to get into the draft. I think the NFL can expand the combine for this year and actually run like seven on sevens, um, like to kind of expose true. and give these That's kids. That's too ex- risky at that point, right? How is it too risky? Injury, Corona still. Hold on, we're not talking like full contact. The the NFL only plays full contact on the the game day. Like, I'm not talking about like full pass. We got to throw out, we got to throw out normal convention because we're in, we're in times that we're not even, you can't play for that shit. No, no, but, but but, but listen to what I'm saying, Nick, like already the NFL does not play full contact until the game day. Right. So if they come in and expand the combine for seven on seven is if it's any contact it's going to be very light contact, if not kind of touch football. And what I'm saying is they already go in and there's cameras everywhere. There's multiple days of the NFL combine. But what we can see is competitive combine, not just guys in shorts just throwing the ball to this other guy. We could see DBs versus wide receivers with an actual quarterback actually trying to score points. You, that's like, a what, little. That's a little dangerous, though, B, Fief, uh, because wow. you got to think about it. These dudes are not on NFL contracts, so you're asking these dudes to go out there and play NFL competitive game. What if, what if you know Dylan Moses goes out there and trying to make a tackle, he hurts his knee? Now you got this dude who's out of college, doesn't have an NFL contract, hurts himself at the combine. Like that's just a lot. I mean, well, I get well, somebody well, going. Here's the thing. But the NFL can offer combine contracts, and you can take it if you want. At the end of the day, it's it's, it's up to that player. What I what I. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to professional sports, you have to make a business decision. And if the NFL says, hey, we got a combine contract that will insure you. And a lot of these college players already have insurance. So if they do get hurt, they'll get, and get compensated somehow, some way. Not, you know, not a major NFL level contract, but you, you won't be for not. You know what I'm saying? You will have some, some, some coins in your pocket, in your piggy bank. And all I'm saying is, is that this is an opportunity. I don't know how it's going to look. I'm not saying that it's not risky. Everything that any professional sport does now is risky. But the main component that I'm trying to come across is, is that this is an opportunity. COVID is an opportunity for a lot of entities, a lot of business entities. We've seen Amazon go up. We've done seen Kodak stock go crazy because now they're going to be doing they're, pharmaceuticals. Uh, they're about to go to jail. Who? Kodak. All okay. them. <laughs> okay. Every, every last one of them. Trump. Boy, Facts. Facts. Like they all I, going to jail. Of course. But what I'm but what I'm saying is COVID provides an opportunity. And if that's to- <laughs> 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 hey, hey, all I'm saying, look, that's the quote of this the podcast. COVID provides an opportunity. <laughs> it does. <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> what, well, even, even for the dead end brand, our podcast is up. What is it, Kenny? It was like 30 some odd percent year over year. You know, so you don't want to, you don't want that associated with COVID, people. What's your point? What's your point? Get to it. The, the only point is that the NFL can capitalize. They can capitalize. How they'll do it, if they do it, I don't know. 
Um, but it, it, it is a big question mark surrounding the combine. And what do these players look like? Like you, to your point, Manny, are they going to be out of shape? Are they going to be in shape? Are they ready to play NFL football after a whole year off? I, like, we, it's a lot of questions. I think with the NCAA, they should do an injunction with the NFL and be like, all right, for those of you who want to go to the draft, we're not like we'll do the regular stuff that we have been doing, obviously with more precaution because of the, what we're going through. Um, if you're basically, I'm just saying, like if you're a top 15 pick, first round pick or whatever, you can and you feel like you'll still be in that position, you can go to the draft. If you don't feel like that, we'll consider this year a red shirt. If we don't have any, you know, football at all, period, you can come back next year and we can start, we could do that from there. To me, that's just the even playing field as far as it goes with your point as far as business decision. If I want to take the risk and go to the draft now with how I played from last season, I'll do that. But if I don't, I can come back next year. So, so I, so but what, is, what, is, what does that do for incoming freshmen, though, in the scholarships for those guys? Because there's not going to be enough scholarships when you think about it that way because you, gotta, you got true. your incoming freshman class. That's true. And supposedly the outgoing senior class, but if these guys are allowed to stay, it kind of puts you between the rock and the hard place as far as recruiting goes. So well, it's, that's going to be you, a sacrifice. A sacrifice is gonna have to be made regardless. I'm just trying to make it. I'm trying to make it more fair for these players now, because they were supposed to get generational money this upcoming year, and they're not, and they're being denied that. But but but, but here's but here's the thing. This is the reason why I said let's stay here is because as a football player, right? Like I think I think we all understand that injury is is a big part of the game. And do you want to subject your body to another year of amateurism or take your chances as a professional? Because you know that you're going to get compensated to a degree. But, you, but that's why I'm putting, up, that putting that uh, option for you. If Do you want to go to the draft? You can. However, you, whatever game tape you want to bring up, because you got to be a junior anyway. So you got some game film as far as whoever's going to come out the draft. So whatever game tape you want to put up in front of these GMs and executives and head coaches, you go ahead. But if you don't, you can come back. You know what? This is the perfect time for the NCAA to pay their players. That's damn sure ain't happening in a pandemic. Right. <laughs> they already losing money. They ain't trying to give it away. But, but I, I think that if, if you want to keep some of the stars from going to the NFL without a year, uh, of game tape and all of that. I think this, this they got freshmen, like Shelton said. They got freshmen. They just roll them out. And football, and football has the the age requirements to two years out of high school. So I don't think they're worried about that necessarily. I think it applies more to basketball for sure. Because I think if now with the cancellation of the Big Ten, the, when you cancel fall sports, that also affects basketball. So now you got mm-hmm. a situation where you got these freshmen coming into Duke. They're like, I'm not sitting around here for six months waiting for something to happen at Duke. I'm gonna just go peace out. Um, so, yeah, yeah I think you, that – th- no, go ahead. Yeah, because you see, like, the James Wiseman situation. That man said, I play, like, two games and I'm out. He's still going to be a top three pick. Basketball is different, so it doesn't matter for them as much. It's going to be interesting, Ooh, man. It's, it's interesting. Yep. Well, I think, uh, once again, this has been a very lively show. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, thank you, Manny, for coming on tonight, man, and kicking it with us for, for so, man. Appreciate you, man. Sure, man. Appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate y'all. I'm, Thanks for I'm having me I'm jealous of that sunshine in the background, man. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, man, the West Coast is where it's at, man. Y'all need to, y'all need to upgrade, man. Shout out to ATL. <laughs> 100%. All right, well, if you guys uh, like what you heard from Manny tonight, you guys can catch him uh, every week. Uh, Any Given Sunday is the name of the podcast. 
and it's available everywhere on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like the whole nine. So, uh, yeah, it's out there. And where can they, well, one more time for any new uh, viewers, where can they find you at online, Manny? So, uh, like Ken said, podcast is available anywhere on Twitter at AGS Pod on Instagram, uh, any given uh, AGS Podcast. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Manuel Brown, Instagram the Manuel Brown, Facebook Manuel Brown, Snapchat Manny Bro Fifteen. I'm out there, man. Just follow me, find me, Google me. I'm out there. Cool. Well, that's gonna do it for us this week. We'll catch you guys next time. We out. Peace. Peace.